Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 198 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. I'm glad that this is just a regular everyday episode. We should be in and out of here in under two hours. Well, I think under two hours is going to be just this day in wrestling history because of our special guest this week. And, uh, you know, knowing what today is in the greater scheme of this day in wrestling history and, uh... I found some extra stuff, and we'll kind of get into it as we go here. Uh, but our uh, our special third chair this week is, I would say, the heart and soul of Pod Van Dam, uh, <laughs> since he controls the Twitter account and he gets to <laughs> put like the public face of the the, the corporation out there. The face? Oh, <laughs> I would say. You know what? They don't listen to this show, and uh, I'm sure anyone who stooges anything that we say on here about them off to them will get it wrong anyway. Uh, but I'd say you're the best-looking one on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, hey, and that, Joe and Adam. <laughs> and that would be young Ed from Pod Van Dam. It's Ed. <laughs> um... Hi. It's, hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to celebrate Master... <laughs> no, wait. Damn it. There was something real random. It was somebody's birthday, and it was in my brain, and I was going to be like, haha, that's the joke, because I'm here to celebrate this random wrestler's birthday, but I can't even make that joke. It's fucking Dude Love Day. Okay, well, I got listen, I got stuff for us to cover. Uh, so listen, as, as Adam had mentioned, it's going to be a nice, lean show. So let's get right into business, huh? And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, so this is actually a very busy day in this day in wrestling history, which I love so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ed, as we the way that we do these things, like we do a screen share so I could record everything when I play it through, that's my low-tech edit of the show, okay. right? So what I'll do is I'll put all my notes, especially for this day in wrestling history together, and they're like the long, extended, truncated notes, and then when I send it to Adam... He just gets, like, the Cliff Notes version. He gets, like, the first line, right? Yeah, and then I read the screen during the podcast, <gasps> and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the show where this happened, right? And Joe yeah. plays along as if I yeah. remember this stuff. Sorry, Joe, I just got really excited because I saw the first name <laughs> involved in what well, you're going to do. And if you're doing it chronologically, I... Ooh. Well, we, do, we are going to do a little bit of chronologically. I do have a plan of how we're going to get through things. But this day in wrestling history, 1986. I know that's before Adam claims wrestling existed. Exactly. Uh, however, it was the second annual King of the Ring tournament. This was before they were televised or anything else like that. That first uh, match. <laughs> uh, so we'll go through the tournament, if you'd like, uh, for Ed's sake. Now, I do want to say that revered 1986 wrestlers Mike Rotundo and Mr. X received first round buys uh, because we had to have such matches as Billy Jack Haynes versus the Iron Sheik, uh, Harley Race versus George the Animal Steel, Don Morocco versus Roddy Piper, Nikolai Volkov versus Dan Spivey, JYD versus Paul Orndorff, and Pedro Morales versus Rudy Diamond. And for the goddamn life of me, I have no fucking clue who Rudy Diamond is. Well... I don't either, but <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes versus the Iron Sheik in 1986. This is fucking great. So, uh, as Joe knows, I've been going back and watching like old primetime wrestlings 
So from what I know of Billy Jack Haynes, the Iron Sheik, this has got to be the fucking worst. And I need to fucking see that match. So <laughs> that has to be terrible. So these weren't televised. These were oh, just. Oh, no. These were um, exclusive to Foxborough. Like that would be like their special annual tournament. Like if you just search on YouTube, like Foxborough. WWF promos and like whatever year, like 85, 86, 87, all the way up to them doing the first King of the Ring pay-per-view in 94. Uh, They would do the King of the Rings there. I think like, so this one Harley Race wins and this is how he becomes like the king on TV, right? Billy Jack Haynes goes to the semifinals? (laughs) Uh, yeah. Billy Jack Haynes was getting a push. All of you people... All of you people that are constantly defending pre-1990 wrestling. This is this is what you're defending. Oh, yeah, Adam. It's awful. I love it. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes is a fucking lunatic. Do you, was he that crazy? Do you think he was that crazy back then, too? Yeah. And Vince probably loved that, right? That yeah, man so, was a fucking nuts. So he, he comes in here in 86, and I, uh, lis- I, I listen to OVP, our Vantage Point podcast. And they're going through, like, week by week of, like, what would end up being superstars. Like, at the time, currently, it's championship wrestling. And this week, they just hit January of 1985. And they've been doing it since 1982. And, Ed, if you think 1986 wrestling is bad, go watch some 1982 WWF, where you get to see, like, prolonged Bob Backlund, Jesse Ventura segments on TV. And they would, like, do one angle a year. (laughs) And, like, the angle for the year would be, like, superstar Billy Graham uh, destroys Bob Backlund's title. And that's, and that's six months' worth of house show programs. That was the angle in 1982. The angle in 1983 was, like, Jimmy Snuka's babyface turn. And that was the only angle they do the entire year. Everything else is just cold matches on TV, right? <laughs> so mid-84, they start showing promos on TV for coming into the WF soon is Billy Jack Haynes. And there's these promos of him on a horse and he's doing these things and they do three weeks of promos. He's on the cover of the WF magazine, which was victory magazine. And then he just never shows up. He doesn't show up for another two years after that. (laughs) So like it was, you know, you think like shit is weird now where they do like 12 weeks of vignettes for Veer Mahan or whatever. Like, that's the way Vince would always do things. It's like, we're going to spend this time and the money and do vignettes and, like, get a horse from somewhere and get, like, time and steal the footage and then just never put the guy on TV. That's uh, actually really fucking awesome. It is. (laughs) It was a different time. So when people said, let it play out back then, they they had to wait, like, two years, you know, for that long-term storyline. Absolutely. Terrible. Fucking terrible. If if Ed is giving it the stamp of approval, you know where we're going with it. I said, yeah, I qu- I said that earlier this week. That if I, th- I think something's really good, they, pr- they probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> I think it was talking about Nikita Lyons versus uh, Mandy Rose. Oh, that's, the, that's the match for next week on NXT. Yeah, and I think that's going to be fucking, that's a great idea. And that's why I, I, if I were, if I were Hunter and Bruce, uh, if I wouldn't do it. Because I would want to put on a show people like, but I like me personally, Ed. I that's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be so fucking good. What was the match this week? Was it Indy Hartwell versus Nikita Lyons? Yes. No, that... it was Indy Hartwell versus um, what's her face? Was it the <laughs> Lash Legend? Oh, Lash Legend. I knew it was one or the other, right? Oh, 
Yeah. So I saw uh, Meltzer was saying that it was the worst match that he's seen all year. And I think what Bruce and Hunter are doing, they're like, oh, you think that's bad? We're going to we're just going to keep lowering the bar every week. Now, what I would do is if you're going to tease Nikita Lyons versus Mandy Rose for next week, I think like somebody gets laid out. And we got to delay it a week. Let's keep stringing people along. It's like you want to see this bad, shitty match. We're going to hook you for at least four to six weeks of TV before, while we're building up to it, you know? Yeah, Hunter, Hunter's doing a bit. That's all. <laughs> Dude, that's what he's been like. That's what he's been devalued to. That's what Tony Khan did to that man. <laughs> so now he's doing bits. <laughs> oh, man. And, and so imagine the other thing is like Bruce is at home. He's probably Skyping in because he had to like have rotator cuff surgery. He's all pilled up. He's probably drinking. <laughs> and like he has to like and like just to be a dick, he probably makes Hunter fax the NXT script over to him. And then, like, he does his revisions and stuff, and then he faxes it back to Hunter and, like, makes Hunter wait, you know, <laughs> just to fuck with him, you know? And, and and like, Bruce is like, oh, you know, it's my, it's, the rotator cuff is my right arm, so, you know, my handwriting might take me a little bit longer to get to you, <laughs> you know, just to fuck, and, like, Triple H just has to sit there and eat shit, he's like, uh, we're, we've never been closer to Vince dying, and if I wasn't here, you know, I might not get to see it. Like, I might not get up in the company, but at least I'll be here to see it, you know? <laughs> Who wants to see their father-in-law die more, Hunter or Conrad? <laughs> uh, well, Conrad's making money off of it, man. <laughs> he's got the wings. He's got the – did you see the rosé wine now? I did. I heard oh, my that, that- – I think it was TSJ said he has a friend that is a wine connoisseur, and they said that that's, that company makes a good, uh, what is it, a rosé? Yeah. So they, he said it might actually be a good wine, but, like, I don't know. And you get <laughs> you could get the 3D printed figure of you and Ric Flair together. <laughs> that's Ooh. so fucking funny. <laughs> so they mentioned it on uh, the Hawkins and Broski show this week. Because they're going to be at the Ric Flair thing. Like, I don't know if they're vendoring themselves or whatever they're doing. So, like, uh, smart Mark Sterling, he's, like, a big Ric Flair fan. So they're like, oh, Marky, you're going to get that, aren't you? And he's like, I don't know. It doesn't look great. And they're like, oh, dude, you're a big Ric Flair fan. You really got to do it. And it's like, how much did Conrad fucking pay them to put that over on their goddamn podcast? As, like, action figure dorks, like, oh, man, it's so cool to get the 3D printed thing with Ric Flair. And they didn't, like, give Marky any of the money. So Marky has to, like, give his real opinions that it sucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um it is it supposed to look terrible because i thought that was the bit is it supposed to look like a 1980s like quote action figure i think that's just what rick flair looks like now yeah i think that reminds <laughs> me just his face him and his daughter constantly changing looks yeah <laughs> always reinventing themselves literally that's correct yeah <laughs> all right so hey we got through one thing in this day in wrestling history all right uh, good pace good pace so next up <laughs> 1991, uh, Great American Bash. We actually covered this on the podcast. Adam, you assigned this for homework back in January. Oh, must be good then. It's not. <laughs> um, it's famously one of the worst WCW pay-per-views of all time. Uh, this is the one where they were building up. You know, last week we talked about the Great American Bash there where Flair finally, like, puts Sting over and gives Sting the title. But they have nothing for Sting after that, so that's where the Black Scorpion angle comes from. The Sting title run is a failure, so they put the belt back on uh, Flair in January of 91. So now we're going to build to him finally putting the belt on Lex. 
And then a week before this pay-per-view, Flair decides not to re-sign his contract and leaves with the title. And because there was the NWA-WCW split, um, that was back in the day when you were the champion, like you would put a deposit down on the belt so that you could like take the belt with you. And Flair's like, okay, well, if you don't give me my deposit back, I'm just taking the belt with me. And that's how they did the angle with him on WF TV in a couple months with him showing up with the big gold belt, you know? Yeah, and Lex Luger, like, won the world title at the end, and it was, like, the TV title or something it, like that, it right? It was the old Western States Heritage title <laughs> that they put, like, a plate on that said world champion. Yeah. Um, but again, pay-per-views. Uh, PN News and Bobby Eaton versus Steve Austin and Terrence Taylor in a scaffold match. This is an art. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't the normal scaffold match where you had to, like, knock your opponent off the thing. Because, like, nobody wanted to take the bump. It was capture the flag where you had to pass your opponent and get the opposing team's flag on the other side of the scaffold. <laughs> uh, Diamond Stud versus Tom Zink. Ron Simmons versus Oz, a legend in this business. <laughs> uh, Ricky Morton as a heel taking on Robert Gibson. Hey, uh, it's Richard Morton. Show some respect to the York Foundation. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> it may you, be the only good match on the show, Dustin Rhodes and the Young Pistols against the Fabulous Freebirds. Uh, Yellow Dog, which is uh, Brian Pillman under a mask against Johnny B. Bad. Now, I'll throw this one out there uh, because even in the Peacock edit, um, they don't take out the Yellow Dog leading the crowd Enchanting the uh, F slur at Johnny B. Bad. <gasps> and there's a part where he's doing it, and the ca- and like and Brian Pillman is the yellow dog gets right up on the camera and says, Johnny B. Bad, more like Johnny B. Gay. <gasps> oh that's, no, that's still all on the World Wrestling Entertainment Network via Peacock. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Big Josh versus Black Blood. Black Blood. Black Blood. You know who Black Blood is? Ed. The fucking Billy Jack Haynes. <laughs> it's Billy Jack Haynes. From he was wearing a mask and he was he was billed as being from France, just the <laughs> entire country of France. <laughs> um, Ellie Gante taking on One Man Gang. Crucial here is that One Man Gang has Kevin Sullivan with him. Uh, Eligante comes to the ring accompanied by four little people, like he's carrying, like, <laughs> dwarfs. And one of them is Tiger Jackson, who would become Dink. Dude, Dink is fucking, uh, terrifying. Um, <laughs> Joey Janela's Spring human. Break, the first one, his merch table, uh, was directly <laughs> across from where we were sitting. He priced himself out because he's doing eight by tens at 30 fucking dollars, right? So That's no the- one bought one, and he just dead staring at all. All four of us that went the entire time is very unsettling. That man is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> you would think they'd be cheaper because they're on smaller pieces of paper. Oh. <laughs> there were there were four by sixes. Yeah. Uh, How many um, balloons do you think it would take to fly uh, Dink? Like normal, like, uh, helium balloons? Yeah. Is he in a chair or are we just tying them to him? Because if he's in a chair, then we got to... Equate for the weight of the chair. He's in a chair. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think we could do maybe like a hundred. A <laughs> hundred balloons. All right. Yeah. <laughs> do you think it's more or less? Yes. I've been, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a big Eric the Actor uh, 
guy, and I think they averaged it out to Eric was going to take like close to close to a thousand like regular helium balloons. Hmm. Yeah, I saw them do this on MythBusters once with like a full size human. And no, that's no it was, fun. But it was like more balloons than they could fit in like the airplane hangar they were testing it in. Ah. <laughs> Oh, well. I think but, flying someone with balloons is the work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I it think, could be done. I think if you're getting the chance to meet Catherine McPhee, you figure it out. You know what That's I mean? That's right. Oh, all right. Yeah. Get that guest <laughs> spot on American Dreams. It's worth mm-hmm. it. You know? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Nikita Koloff versus Sting in a chain match. Luger uh, against Barry Windham for the title uh, in a cage match. And that's not even the main event. The main event is Rick Steiner uh, beating Arn Anderson and Paulie dangerously in a handicap match because they booked the match initially as Rick Steiner and Missy Hyatt against Arn Anderson and Paulie dangerously. But uh, I don't know if Chris Cruz was involved, but because this was taking place in Maryland, <laughs> somebody stooged off the commission and they don't allow men versus women matches. So they had to like do a show long angle where like Missy Hyatt got kidnapped and that's why she couldn't be in the match. And they kept pushing the match off later in the show in the hopes that they would find Missy. It was a bunch of horseshit. Two things. <laughs> Do you think it was Vince or somebody that hates Polly that uh, that I, stooged off to the commission? I think so. I don't think anyone in particular stooged off to the commission. I just think this was WCW's general ineptitude at this point that they booked mm-hmm. a match without checking, like, the rules and the laws of the state <laughs> in which they were doing the match in. And two, is there anything that was cooler uh, at that time of AIW than, like, Missy Hyatt being around? Like, that was really <laughs> random, but it all really it worked well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I liked, like, the whole thing of, like, Missy Hyatt, Dick Justice, yeah, Colonel yeah. Robert Parker, and, like, that was a show-long storyline that fit like a multiple show storyline that fit in AIW's world. And then Colonel Rob wanted to dress the weirdster up as a woman to go after the women's title. <laughs> Colonel Robert Parker's got a lot of ideas. <laughs> and I wonder what I wonder what what gravitated him to the weirdster. I wonder what he and the weirdster had in common. What do you I don't um Oh, I get... <laughs> All right, you're you picking up what I'm putting down now? <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a joke, then I realized that you did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Standing next to each other at the urinal. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, continuing. This day in wrestling history, 1997, head-to-head, raw Nitro. Nitro, not too much is going on. This episode of Nitro is the debut of the Nitro Girls, which, first of all, is crazy. I thought the Nitro Girls were there, like, pretty much from the beginning. Like, it's it's almost two years into Nitro's run, and they're like, oh, yeah, Nitro Girls. Yes. As the resident Nitro Girl expert on this show, I will tell you that this lines up, that it took a a little while. (laughs) And uh, also on this episode of Nitro, in true WCW fashion... Conan debuts for the NWO in a backstage segment. They're getting out. They show up at the building in a, in a limo and they're all getting out of the limo and Conan's just with them. There's never an explanation like why he left the dungeon of doom. He never turned on anyone. He's just, he's in the NWO now. Um, so some dude at work today brought up like genuinely cool people when we were growing up that were like wrestlers, right? Right. And he brought up Conan. And I was like, yeah, man, I guess Conan was pretty cool. I just never 
it didn't click with me at the time, but in hindsight, like definitely one of the cooler people on that roster, right? It's like Kev, Scott Hall, and Conan in that order, probably, right? Uh, X Pac. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like once Jericho turns heel wow. at the beginning of '97, he's kind of cool. But like right now, white meat babyface Jericho, or not, or like '98, he turns heel. But Raven just showed up. Raven's like the coolest wrestler in the world. What are you talking? No, about? dude, I have it out for Raven. He was really really <gasps> wrestler Ranger. <laughs> See. This is why I will never meet Raven because people like you and other people that have been on shows at Raven that Dude. make up these lies that he's it's, not a nice person. It's just not to even fuck with me. It's not even my fault. I was just standing there at class, minding my own business, and his Q and A. These nerds were too scared to ask questions, and John Thorne, being the pro he is, saw an eight, eight or nine out of ten drunk Ed. He's <laughs> like, "Go ask Raven a question." I was like, "Fuck it, yeah." So I did. And I asked him something about the NWA title, and he more or less gave me the answer, like, well, I don't know, I got paid, so I don't care. Which, like, flies in the fucking face of everything to, like, dude, you planned out angles for Sunday Night Heat, and now suddenly, out of nowhere, it's like, well, I got paid, so I don't care. And then he starts talking shit to me about how, like, well, this stuff's fake, it's not real, it's not real. And then he starts making fun of my mustache. (laughs) (laughs) That See, none of that is on tape, so I think you're making a lot of that (laughs) up. Yeah, isn't it funny that all of Ed's stories of him meeting his heroes or people that are otherwise assumed to be good guys, like, they all hate Ed? What's the <laughs> common denominator here? Right. Like, I know a guy that complains about every business deal that he's ever been in. Everyone screwed him out of it and stole <laughs> his company out from underneath him and all this other stuff. And it's happened, like, seven or eight or nine times. And what's a more likely story? That these seven, eight, or nine people all conspired over the course of 20 years to screw this person over in the exactly the same way, or this person's an asshole who's difficult to deal with. You think it's the if everyone's around you is an asshole, you're actually the asshole situation? Probably. <laughs> well, that's not what happened with me. I'm very nice, and Raven was mean to me. <laughs> all right, all right. And hey, listen, also I have to mention, on this day in wrestling history, in 2010, Chasen Rance, who everyone knows... Uh, was arrested and charged with lewd and lascivious battery for allegedly having sexual relations with a 15-year-old when he was 27. Hey, you mean Tool Academy's Jason Rance? <laughs> right. Now, I bring this up only because this happened 12 years ago, and one, this motherfucker's still in wrestling, and two, other motherfuckers are doing the same thing he's doing and getting away with it! If... If this action was a person, it would now be old enough for Chase and Rance to hit on. <laughs> but no, it was just funny when I was doing my notes and that popped up. I'm like, ooh, Ed hates pedophiles as opposed to all the other people that we have on the show that love them. I'm joking, of course. Um, I, I think Chase and Rance is like the start of me and Moose. <laughs> Not like... I now listen. Moose isn't very smart. I don't know if Moose realizes that like we we have tweeted each other multiple times. Did being you say very Moose mean. Is ve- Moose is very smart. I said Moose isn't very smart. Oh, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? But I know that this was the first thing where I was like, hey Moose, maybe you shouldn't train there, right? And then when he gave the internet shit for it, then I was like, this guy might be a motherfucker. And then uh, Bix confirmed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I know you probably didn't listen to it, but the Kevin Nash podcast that started this week. I did listen to it. Okay. So did you hear Kevin Nash throw out there that sometime like 
in the near future on like some West Coast indie, they're running Moose versus Cody Hall. Yeah. <laughs> and outside of like anyone versus Brian Pillman Jr., I can't think of at least uh, at least uh, appealing match in all of wrestling. Moose versus Cody Hall. I've come around and done a complete 180 on Cody Hall, where I want to see him booked everywhere. What? He, uh, his dad's dead, and hmm. um, he also just doesn't tweet anymore, right? Okay. And he and this is key, Joe is bad. So uh, I want right. to see him do but, his dad's moves poorly. Um, I, I, you're, I was a big David Flair fan, <laughs> and Cody Hall okay. has strong David Flair energy, and uh, I would love it. But like, not companies that like I'm invested in. Like, I don't want to see him in AIW or like anything like that. But I would love it if he was on like some of these random shitty indies on IWTV that like do live streams where I'm like, how, why are you doing a live stream? No one's watching this. I would love to see him work like an H2O. Okay. He sh- he shows up at Tremont's uh, garage on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. Ha- to have a, th- a to have a three and a half star banger with Devin Moore or some shit. <laughs> I want to see him work. Um. Adam Priest, that's a guy, right? Yes. <laughs> in that in that TWE place. <laughs> oh, that's the Monday Night Uncharted Territory company, right? A big fan of Uncharted Territory. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, can tell I, by that laughing. <laughs> I've watched it the last two weeks. Oh, it's it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's be- okay, so Uncharted Territory is better than the actual TWE. Like I Uncharted Territory is okay and I'll watch it, right? So I turned on that TWE live stream, and that was uh, Jerry. Don't listen. I li- <laughs> no, Jerry. Don't listen to this. Dylan Hales. Don't listen to this. Nobody. Okay, listens. that was fucking terrible. I hated that entire show, and I turned it off. It was very bad. But like Uncharted Territory is good. I, I haven't. I haven't minded what I've seen. Right. I had a note for later for it, but it was just that that boy sticks his tongue out like Sean Waltman a lot. So I'll just get to it right now. Got a guy does Sean Waltman tongue a bunch. He's gonna be a star. <laughs> Uh, so, and now I guess it's the, you know, this day in wrestling history main event, the reason we had Ed on the show, this day in wrestling history, 1967, Double J <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was born. Because <laughs> today's J- no! Double J's birthday. So oh let's talk God. about all your favorite Double J moments. <laughs> oh my God. Joe, <laughs> have you heard me and Dwayne bitch about Jeff Jarrett for an hour? No. Okay. Um... I- I, I could tell you now, I may have gotten mad at you one day for something you were tweeting, and I may have not uh, kept my Patreon up. Dude, <laughs> called that. By the way, when you dropped the Patreon, Jonah was like, what happened? I said, I, it was this tweet. <laughs> okay, so you knew? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, he's like, oh, is Joe mad at you? I'm like, I mean, he's still tweeting me. I think we're all right. I think he's mad enough that he's not going <laughs> to give us money. <laughs> I'm like, I'll tweet at you, but I'm like, all right, I need to think about giving my five dollars to Ed. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a bit, like making a joke of like, no, no, this is okay, but like this is bad over here. I'm not going to incriminate you, but you're like, this thing is bad. But when this person I like does it, it's okay. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, Ed, this is a line. Ooh. Like this is too far, <laughs> you know? Joe, how long ago would you say that was that you like stopped your Patreon? <sighs> Roughly about a year. Yeah. Oh man, you you've missed like two shows. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, you have. Oh my goodness. But yeah, so you and Dwayne said all these horrible things about Mr. Jarrett. Yeah. 
He fucked over Monty Brown. He ruined his fucking career. Did you listen to the episode of Double Dip? Absolutely not. Oh, my God. So so their whole thing, and I'm not going to spend the whole time about it is, um, is that when they, he was, so first of all, I never knew Monty Brown was trained by Sabu. So that makes sense. Yes, of course. What? Right. I didn't know. That's like one of the coolest things about Monty Brown. Right. So he comes in and it was just a thing of like, whoever they paired him up with, they didn't have great chemistry. And I think whoever they had working with him, it might've been like Sonny Siaki. It might've been like Apollo or someone like that. It was someone who signed a contract with them, and Monty Brown didn't sign a contract with them. We're so talking about like, Monty Brown's, like, first run? Yes, his very first run in, like, 02. Yeah. So they're like, okay, go get some seasoning, and we'll bring you back, right? So he goes and gets some seasoning. He comes back in, like, what, 05, I think it was? 04, 05, around there, yep. Okay, so he comes in, and they put him in there, like, he's, like, the guy who's going to take out the ICP, right? So he comes in, and, like, literally the hottest angle that was going on in w in, in nwa at the time sadly like, yes yeah with all the juggalos showing up and like they finally put, and ruining like, the show yeah yeah so they're like okay well we're gonna put violent jay and shaggy in the ring against fucking disco inferno and uh who's the fucking spine buster guy that they had david young david young right so then the clowns bring in too tough tony so now the heels <laughs> need to bring someone in and they bring in monty brown right so then what happens is, and again, I'm going by what Double J says. He's a changed man, <laughs> doing much better now, everything else. And he wasn't booking at the time. This was the time oh, when Dixie. Oh, sure, yeah. This, okay, now wait. The, this is the time when Dixie was kind of trying to, like, get him out of controlling interest in the company. Yeah. Because she bought Jerry Jared out. Jerry's like, I'm fucking done. Like, somebody please take this off my hands. Yeah. Jeff still had his controlling interest in it. So she was like nickel and diamond him, like taking things away from him and this, like this, this, this. So Dusty was booking and they had just brought Christian in or Christian mm-hmm. was just about to come in. Yeah. So the thought process was like, okay, yes, Monty Brown's a homegrown guy, but Dusty had Dusty's project that year. Wasn't Monty Brown. Dusty didn't see it in Monty Brown. Bullshit. <laughs> Dusty saw it in Triton. Bullshit. Dusty thought Triton was going to be, like, the guy, right? So Triton fails. So now Dixie, like, loses confidence in Dusty. Christian comes in. And even though, like, uh, Monty Brown's in a position where, like, okay, he can realistically win the title, they wanted to put the title on somebody who's literally, like, just off WF TV. Because that was Dixie's thing was get as many WF guys in here as possible. Like, the fresher off TV they are, the better. So then they turn, like, Monty Brown is heel, they turn him face, and then they have Christian face him in his first whatever, right? Yeah. And Christian beats him. Yeah. So then that kind of shuffles him back down the card, and his contract was up. And that was the other reason why they didn't put the title on him there, was because his contract was coming up, and he was him and Han because he wanted to go to WWF. Do you think maybe, Henry out. Okay. <laughs> maybe he would have been more eager to sign a contract. If they kept fucking pushing the most over guy on the show and okay. gave him the world title. I listen, I agree, but I'm just telling. So Jeff was just like, they, he goes, we had a talk. Monty was telling me what his problems here were. And Jeff said, is there anything we could offer you like money wise to get you to stay? <laughs> and you Monty know. was like, no, I really, like, you don't have money. <laughs> well, 
So it's because you have to remember he was coming in as like ECW contracted guy, which was like yeah. the lowest of the low ends. Yeah. So even like the ECW low end contract was more than whatever the high end TNA contracts were at the time. So Jeff made the offer to Monty Brown and he said, okay, well, whatever your contract is, it's a year, two years, three years. Let's revisit this. Maybe we'll be able to bring you back, you know? And then when Monty was at ECW, he quit wrestling. So that was like kind of the end of his whatevers. It's Jeff Jarrett's birthday. Do you want me to say uh, the nicest thing I can say about him? Yes. Him fucking up Monty Brown, uh, I think, is a personal thing. But Vince fucking up Monty Brown, knowing exactly what they had in that guy, right, Right. uh, is stupid. Like Jeff Jarrett's not stupid. He did that to to, uh, protect himself. Vince is dumb. Vince is dumb, and uh, I'll disagree with you on the double J part. Because <laughs> I know you and a lot of other people are like, oh, you guys all just like double J because he's like this carny. Conrad, because Conrad had Bruce sing no. the song that Jeff Jarrett doesn't sing, by the way. He doesn't sing that song. The Road Dog does. Ed, uh, who <laughs> sings uh, Don't Forget My Number, that hit from the 90s? Who sings that song? I have no clue what you're talking about. Do you know who I'm... Millie Vanilli is? Oh, is that what their song was? Yeah, don't forget okay. my number. <laughs> who sings that song? They sing it because that's whose face we saw in the videos. We don't know the name of the guys that actually sang the Yes, track. but that wasn't a storyline. The, the entire point it of that storyline, story the entire point of that storyline is that Jeff Jarrett does not sing that song. Vince, uh, Bruce wrote it. Bruce knows that that's the point of the storyline. I, I And I will say I was a Jeff Jarrett fan back what? like – no, listen, I was a Jeff Jarrett fan back in, like, the early 90s, like, getting, like, Memf- like seeing him on USWA TV on ESPN, like, when I would come home from school, seeing him in the after mags, and they put him over huge. They put him over as, like, the next big thing, and then when all the Brett and Lawler stuff start happening on WF TV, and they would send WF guys down to Memphis, and they would cover it all in um the the after mags like there's this thing where like they ran a show like they ran a house show at memphis whatever and brett was the intercontinental champion at the time and jeff jarrett like it was an angle of course but jeff jarrett as a fan jumped the rail and challenged bret hart and i'm like holy (laughs) shit i'm like that's awesome right you know what i mean like as a kid i'm like holy shit that's cool and then jarrett comes in as the country music guy and i fucking hate country music right Hate, hate hate with a passion but i'm like i remember this guy from uswa tv i thought he was cool I, I remember him from the after mags. They put him over as a big deal. He must be a big deal if he's coming to the WWF, right? Mm. Um, and, and I and Joe like, bought the cassette. I did not <laughs> buy the cassette. No, I, I wasn't that foolish. But like, I wasn't a fan of his WCW run. Um, and I know there's people that will swear up and down, like the end of his WWF run into his '99 2000 WCW run of how over he was. That stuff I didn't like so much. Like, yeah. I like the, the cornball country music guy from, like, the 90s, not the, like, hip guy, slap nuts or anything else, other than the program that he had with Beetlejuice, <laughs> other than that, and I did uh, get very mad with the whole thing with him and Raven, but, like, now, years later, I know why, but I've always liked Jared. Like, he's always just been, like, that guy who's always, like, there. Like, did no you matter watch what happened. Huh? Did you watch TNA? Yeah. Did you pay money for these pay-per-views? Uh, I'd split them with, like, three or four of the mm, people, but yeah. Dude, you liked these, like, 18-minute walking brawls to the crowd every fucking show? This was your shit? You were like, yeah. this, 
great. Oh my god. Now, granted, I was also watching Ring of Honor at the time and like going to yeah, like so other you knew indie what shows. Good wrestling was right, but it, this was in, this was another type of wrestling that oh, I enjoyed. Oh man, Adam, what do you do uh, when <laughs> when me and Joe are being giant nerds? What are you doing right now? <laughs> uh, I, I'm watching the score of the Yankee game. Don't mind me. I'll just sit here. <laughs> Can you let? Are the Giants playing? Give me the score if it comes by the scroll to bottom. I'll get you a score, buddy. Don't worry. That's you how you know it's a shoot. <laughs> oh, bro. bro. All right. So now for real. Yes. The, the real reason that we had Ed on. Uh, because this day wrestling history, 25 years ago, 1997, Monday Night Raw. Not only was this the World Wrestling Entertainment debut of the Patriot. Not yes, only was, was this. Yes. Yeah, I know. I love. We'll get to it. <laughs> not only did we get Taka Michinoku versus Tajiri on WFTV. Yes! Uh, not only did we get Brian La- uh, Brian Christopher and Jerry Lawler against Ivan and Scott Patutsky. I had, I had no idea who that old man was. Polish <laughs> flower. <laughs> None. All right. Uh, but at the uh, you know the end of the tag team title tournament, because uh, Austin and HBK couldn't get along and be champions, yep. they crowned new champions. It ended up being Owen Davey. Yep. Austin was allowed to pick you know get a rematch with him and pick a partner of his choice and for weeks mankind was coming out wearing a sign that said pick me steve yeah he was and oh, austin man. would always stun him and say dta you stupid son of a bitch yeah and then the week before uh mankind said uh next week i'm gonna do something that i never thought i was gonna be able to like have to do and it's gonna be something that you're all gonna remember or something like that and i remember the online discourse was like He's going to do Cactus Jack. There we go. I was going to say stop right there, Joe. I didn't know because you knew who Cactus Jack was. <laughs> did you think Cactus Jack? No. So uh, online you had, you, did you? There had, been, there had been weeks of buildup yeah. of like the interview with JR and like they introduced the Cactus Jack. They introduced the dude love character mm-hmm. and all the other stuff. And I'm like, which of these characters would appeal to Vince and the WWE sensibilities more? Cactus Jack or dude love? Okay. So... <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> okay. So then during the course of the night, anytime that they would like be right about to go to commercial, they would play like this music and they would just show these white boots backstage tapping and walking. And they're like, who is this? What is what's going on here? Anything could happen to the world wrestling entertainment. And I'm at home going nuts. I'm like, holy shit. They're going to do dude love. Oh my God. This is going to be the fucking most ridiculous thing ever. Right. And knowing that Mick had that like humorous bent to him. Cause like you always saw like Cactus Jack as this, whatever. And then there was a, like a little bit toward the end of the heel run in the ECW where he started like getting a little jokey. Right. So you knew that Mick always kind of had that in him. And then he comes as mankind and mankind's this like this dark and serious character. And it's like a cartoon character in the world wrestling entertainment. And I'm like, what the hell is dude love going to even be? Like I, I could even imagine what it was going to look like, you know? So the match is going on. It's Austin versus Owen and Bulldog one-on-one. And he bumps them both out of the ring. And then all of a sudden, that music that we hear playing through the whole night um, comes back on. And then we see up on the Titantron. Now, I could do the whole promo from memory, but I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> uh, but, he, but he says, Steve-O, it's me, Dude Love, and I'm here to save the day. And then possibly the second greatest entrance music in world wrestling entertainment history (laughs) after ass man plays. And it's the dude love song. And he comes out 
And he does like the look through the crowd with his hand over his head. And he comes out, and he's pointing at Steve, and he's like, me and you. And Austin's just in the ring, like, what the fuck is going on, right? So Foley gets into the ring. Austin just looks at him, puts his hands on his hips. And then the absolute best part of this is Mick goes over to the fucking ropes and he holds onto the top rope. And he does like the fucking Jimmy Valiant Boogie Woogie Man dance. And mm. Austin almost fucking dies. <laughs> You can see that Austin is like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, if Owen didn't jump him from behind, like, like Austin would have completely broke character on screen, right? So the match goes on. He tags Dude Love in. He lets Dude Love run whatever, whatever it is. And then at the end of the match, Austin comes in, gives Bulldog or Owen or whoever it is the stunner, lets Dude Love get the pin. And, they like, they're the tag team champions. The two... Real women come out of the crowd. They can't help themselves. <laughs> they attack this sex symbol, dude love. And Austin is like, here's the belt. I'm leaving. The floor is yours. You get to, like, you get to close out Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? So, like, even at the time and, like, now, especially in retrospect, like, you could say 1997 Austin, like, pre-getting his neck broken in, like, three weeks is, like, the hottest character in professional wrestling badass beats the fuck out of everyone no friends no nothing doesn't crack a smile everyone's a piece of shit and the fact that he let that little bit of his character slip to give mick as dude love that rub was so fucking huge if only the rock could have done that <laughs> well it was a different time <laughs> yeah they were on top of the like they were on top of the world and it was a protecting their spot sort of thing where this is on the come up and i think like because Austin and Mick were friends, and Austin was more or less like, hey, like, obviously, like, I think Austin got it that, like, if I'm the lone wolf, but, like, I have this one person that's, like, this oddball character, and he's the only one I trust, like, one, that's one really cool thing of the Austin character, like, he sees the good in in this version of Mankind, Mick Foley, Dude Love, whatever, but also, like, and then it pays off down, the, like, two, like, a year and a half down the road where they end up having the program when Mick turns heel as Dude Love, you know? Yeah, I was I not aware Austin he was, was like, a heel. Right, I don't think Austin <laughs> was, like, looking that far down the road with it. But then, like, I even tweeted them out today. Like, they do, like, the promotional photos of the two of them together as the ch tag team champions. And, like, in all the pictures, like, Austin's, like, cornballing up, like, fucking around. Like, that wasn't the 1997 Steve Austin, but with Dude Love it was. And it might have been around this time there was a Deadpool comic where <laughs> Deadpool, uh, like, went on a mission, like, some sort of, like, mercenary mission with Bullseye, right? Are you aware of who Bullseye is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen Daredevil. The, okay, the, well, don't look, but you're aware that he's, he exists, he's a Daredevil villain and everything else like that? Yeah, I've seen Ben Affleck's Daredevil in theaters twice. <laughs> so they go of on course. the mission, and on the mission... Bullseye is kind of like fucking around a little bit, like not as much as Deadpool, but like letting his guard down, not being the icy stone cold assassin and everything else like this. And like they go back to the bar with no name and the people are giving Bullseye shit. And Bullseye says, it's always nice to have one person that you can let your guard down around. And like that stuck with me about like the Austin and the dude love stuff. I could go on for another six hours, but Ed, this is why uh, you're Yeah, um, I could too. Um, so for people to just know me uh, from like calling in and Twitter, everything that I love in wrestling 
uh, to this day, from this from this moment on, it's all because of uh, Dude Love. <laughs> uh, my entire fandom comes down to this exact moment. Um, so we didn't have cable to until 1997, right? And um. My neighbor actually was super, super into wrestling my whole life, and I just never really got into it. Like, I'd watch it sometimes. Like, you know how you'd, like, you'd stay over on a Friday night, and then Superstars would be on a Saturday morning, right? So, like, I'd watch it or whatever, and it just never, like, I remember things about wrestling before then, but, um, you know, in, like, the 90s, how, like, if you got cable, at least in rural, like, I live in a very rural area, so my parents called and they would like, we're going to get like, you're gonna have cable, right? But they'd be like, the cable guy's gonna be out here in like three weeks <laughs> to hook it up. So like, I went to my neighbors, like Casey, I was like, yo, whoa, we're getting cables, I'm gonna be able to watch Raw. And he's like, oh cool. He's like, stay over on Monday nights and then you'll be able to watch it and you can catch up, right? So the first Raw I ever watched over there was the Pick Me Steve sign, right? Mm. Right. So. Like, I'm like, okay, cool, this weirdo dude. And then uh, he would, like, record Raws, so he showed me the Jim Ross interviews, right? That's, so that's why I was going to ask. Like, we had no fucking idea it was going to be Dude Love. Casey was like, I think Cactus Jack coming. So we were like, oh, Cactus Jack, yeah, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be that guy carrying the barbed wire, like, cross and shit. Like, it's it's going to be crazy. So, uh this is the first raw when we have cable where I get to watch it at my house. Right. And I'm just chilling. And like we, and I'm like, all right, here comes cactus check. <laughs> Cause Casey would know he watches this shit. Right. And then it's this fucking, it's a mankind. The guy with the pick me Steve sign, but he's a weird hippie, <laughs> but he's coming out to disco music. Right. <laughs> and, he, they, and they fucking win. And, like, it's the first storyline I ever saw, like, play out. It all fucking clicked. And then I was, like, obsessed with this shit from, like, that moment onwards. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Adam joked about it. But, like, when I met McFoley, I told him, like, dude loves the entire reason I'm a wrestling fan. And he got uh, short with me. <laughs> so I think he thought I was fucking with him. <laughs> but like, yeah, this 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 is the reason for all of like why I'm on this podcast right now, why I do a wrestling podcast. It's all because Mick Foley got talked into being a weird hippie by Vince McMahon by being like Katie Couric will love it. <laughs> it. It's funny, like you went on between the sheets to talk about Dude Love's debut, and now you're here, you're working your way down in podcast legitimacy. <laughs> I'm more comfortable here, though. Like, I didn't know how, like, Chris and Bix would take me. Uh, I've got a general idea as you guys, so I could tell you that, like, I did watch this Raw and was so goddamn confused at who Scott Putsky was and why this old man is fucking I'm wrestling. I was still confused, too. Don't worry. Yeah. About why did they why did they do that? Because it's in Texas, isn't it? Yeah. So Scott Putsky is not, like, even in hindsight. Like, no, he is. Was he a thing in Texas? Yeah, so, okay. Uh, oh, okay. So, Ivan Putzky, before he was Polish power Ivan Putzky, he was uh, Mighty Igor. And he oh, was Ivan like, Putzky's who I met. My bad. Well, okay, I've what? had a Tito's and huh? uh, Sprite. I've had oh. some Tito's and Sprite. That's okay. <laughs> Tito's the official beverage still of the uh, AIW podcast, or no? I don't, I'll have to find out from John Thorne. I'll ask I him. When are you and John going to do the episode? You got to bump Pat out of there and you and John Listen, do the episode together. I've 
like we uh when I said that I usually started thinking about it. And the problem every time me and Thorne talk, right? Because mm-hmm. like at Toy Hio, he was I think hungover and I was very tired. And we can have like it's just small talk corporal conversation from that point, right? But the problem is nobody is sure who's starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like what it'll be about. So that's what I worry that podcast would be. Is like both of us feeling the other person out the entire time. <laughs> well, that's why you ha- need to have like the twenty minute conversation before you start recording, like we have, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to kind of get like those initial jitters out of the way, you know. You text Thorn and tell him that I should fill in for a week on the AIW podcast. All right, I'm gonna message him right now as I tell you about Mighty Igor. So Mighty I- Igor Ivan Putsky was like he was like Texas George the Animal Steel, right? Ooh. And then they turned him babyface, and he was the mighty Igor as a babyface. And he would, like, do, like, the midget spots and, like, the like the goofing around spots. Um, and then he would, like, lead the crowd in sing-alongs and shit like that. And then, in, like, late 70s, early 80s, he found these things called steroids. <laughs> and it completely changed, like, what the mighty Igor looked like. <laughs> so Vince brings him in, and they're like, we're not going to have you be mighty Igor, he comes in as Polish power Ivan Putski, and his first feud is against uh, who we all know better as Colonel De Beers. Wait, he was a midget wrestler? No, no, but he would do like the. Well, okay, so oh, first of all, Ivan okay. Putski was really small, but yeah. he would do like the rowboat spots, okay. and he would do like the bite and the referee on the ass spots, yeah. like those sort of things. Like he was a wrestler that the kids would come to see, right? Yeah. Um, so he comes into WWF early, late, late seventies, early eighties, all gassed up. He's Polish power, Ivan Putski, and he, they ran like a house show program of him versus Colonel De Beers, but Colonel De Beers wasn't called Colonel De Beers. He was just called the Polish Prince. And they were battling to see who Poland's greatest athlete was. All what of this, a dumb angle. Right. Well, again, this was 1981 WWF, right? <laughs> so it, it's. It's not like they were feuding over the naming of of a pierogi or something like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something That's real. something you'd break a person's neck over. Yeah. <laughs> but Putski is from Texas. He's originally like a Texas guy. Huh. So he was always big in Texas. Whenever they ran shows, it'd always be like Putski against like whoever like the top heel would be. So like 85, you'd get like Macho Man, like late 85, early 86, you'd get Ivan Putski taking on Macho Man for the Intercontinental title whenever they'd go through Texas and stuff, right? Man, if only you were on Between the Sheets, because I remember us talking about why the fuck was Ivan Putski booked in fucking San Antonio, Texas. So they were to figure it out. Okay, so the the... This was the beginning of the cruiserweight um, title in WWF. Light heavyweight, red strap, show some respect. All right, so light heavyweight title. So JR and Bruce and whomever else are like, and like Cornette are like, oh, you know, we need to get Japanese guys. We need to get Mexican guys. We need to get these. Vince's idea for the cruiserweight division, light heavyweight division, was Brian Christopher versus Scott Putsky. Dude, it's this. He did the same thing. He does this every fucking time they try to do this. Like, remember when they did the WWE Cruiserweight title? When it was like Chavo and Ray and like Matt Hardy and all that, right? His idea was Tank Talent because he's like a he's five foot two, right? But he's roided the fuck out. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry, I'm texting Thorn. <laughs> um, uh, Giants so- are zero zero in the first inning, Ed. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, so the build is supposed to be Scott Putsky versus Brian Christopher, and then like I think a week or two later, 
uh, on catching a dive, Scott Putsky breaks his ankle like Sid style. Yeah, ground was, zero. Right, and then he's, yeah, so it's like ground zero, so it's like the September pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So then Scott Putsky's out for like a year, and they're like, now what the hell are we going to do? And that's when like Vince finally relents, like, oh, I guess we'll use Japanese people. I guess we'll <laughs> just use this awesome fucking dude, Takamichinoku. I guess I'll relent and let us book this really exciting guy that does flips and shit. He wasn't happy about it, though. <laughs> he, was, he was like, this is too fucking good. I hate it. Uh, can't they, like, just, like, have muscles instead? Oh, <laughs> shit. Hey, um, I just thought about this. You want to hear, like, a funny thing about Dude Love that literally happened this week and is so, like, has nothing to do with this podcast? All right. We had a dude that worked with me at my shoot job, right, for three days. And he was so bad that on the third day I had to help him with the thing he was doing. And he was just making small talk with me. And I don't tell a lot of people I do a podcast, right? But the problem is my cousin works with me, and he mentioned it. So this guy's like, oh, you do a podcast? What's it about? I go, wrestling. He goes, oh, wrestling. He's like, I played some wrestling games and stuff. I was like, oh, cool, right on. (laughs) I swear to God. He goes, you know, there was, like, this hippie guy, right? <laughs> he was, like, a scary dude at first. And then, like, he was a hippie. And I said, yeah, yeah, dude, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> and I hushed him. So I don't know if that was in, like, a 2K game. Like, they did a Mick Foley story where that, like, that happened and he played it or what. But he had, like, the general idea of it. But it was, like, I, I knew I couldn't entertain that. Especially. Yeah, I, I- I do like how you're just like, I'm shutting this down. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, I know. And I had to like shut him down right away. I was like, oh, we don't really like cover wrestling, wrestling. We cover Twitter. It's. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't take that opportunity to try to like convert the guy, like to tell him all well, about. Adam, a little inside baseball. I knew he's getting fired at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been a good parting gift. <laughs> so uh, I didn't feel like I needed to uh, let him know that I knew a lot about dude love, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know. If, did I? T- I don't know if I talked about this uh, on Between the Sheets. Um, Dude, love is the reason that I hated Stone Cold for so yes. fucking long. Yeah. So tell that he was mean to him. <laughs> he so he was mean to mankind. Who I just watched in those interviews as a ten year old boy, where I very much related to like you're the weird guy that people laugh with, right? You're just a funny guy, and you ate the worms, and they were like, well, that's too weird. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I kind of relate to you a little. And then he did the pick me, st- pick me Steve sign. And um, all I saw was that this guy wanted to be this man's tag partner because you need one to have the tag team titles. Right. Um, and Stone Cold said no. And then he was mean to him. And then he was a hippie and he accepted him for a little bit. But then um, he tried to fight Shawn Michaels, who I thought was funny because he made jokes about penises and sucking <laughs> penises, and sucking his penis. And I was like 10, and that was mwah, perfect. Uh, and then after that, he tried to fight the hippie guy I liked again. And then he tried to fight this dude, Kane, who was like a monster. Like they bent a wrench over his head, a big giant wrench. And he no sold it. Right. And I was like, this is the greatest. So like for the first year and a half of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, besides The Undertaker, I was on everyone else's side. So to me, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of the biggest fucking heels. I hated his guts. He reminded me of my Uncle Rick. He because he was bald, he had a goatee and a southern accent, and just got drunk and talk shit and i do not understand why anyone would like my uncle rick because i fucking hated rick <laughs> that's so, i was gonna say that's very similar to like you know obviously i'm older than you growing up you know watching like the 80s the rock and wrestling stuff i was never a hogan guy there was just yeah something well about no we're that. on the same page hogan yeah. wasn't good until 2002 right i'm like there's yeah. just something about hogan like i'm like I like the bad guys. I like Junkyard Dog. I like Ricky Steamboat because, like, they're cool. Like, I, yes. I understand what they are, but, like, I didn't understand what Hulk Hogan was. And, I, like, I didn't hate him like you hated Stone Cold, but I was never a Hulk Hogan kid growing up. Have you ever heard of my my uh, Hulk Hogan painting? Your Hulk Hogan <laughs> painting? Yes. No, why do you have a Hulk Hogan painting? And where um, can I buy it? <laughs> you can never buy it because I love it so much. Um... My friend is very good at art and has been his whole life. And so by the time we were seniors in high school, he was already very, very good. And uh, he was the only person they got to take, like, art for. He's the only person to ever make it to it. So the teacher <laughs> flat out was like, whatever you want to do all year long, you do it. So in 2002, Hulk Hogan had that, like, logo that was his face but – it kind of looked like an anime kind of deal. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where like it would be like Hulk still rules, but like there'd be like yeah, the, yeah, but the picture of his face during it, it right? But it would, yeah. but it'd be like you, it'd be like the bandana, the sunglasses, and the mustache and beard. Yes, but it'd be like no mouth, no nose. Well, no, he has the mouth and nose and everything. I'll send you a picture later. Okay, Joe. like you'll see it and you'll be like, yes, I remember this from the website. So he, for my birthday, because like my birthday's so close to graduation, our senior year. He painted me this picture of Hulk Hogan's, like, anime thing, right? And he got it. It's the only time he ever got under an A for it. He got a C. <laughs> and it was because, I guess the teacher was like, it looks like a paint by numbers. That's so fucking generic. And, like, and he's like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. So, like, I will always have this picture of, like, Hulk Hogan from 2002. It's a painting of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> See, I <laughs> thought you painted it, and that's why I wanted No, I have no artistic <laughs> ability. Where I'd be painting things of dude love. There you go. <laughs> so Mick Foley would know I was genuine when I told him that I uh, love dude love. I, I know people have brought it up. And, uh, yeah. you know, if the day ever happened where, like, me and Mick Foley crossed paths at Knobles, mm -hmm. I probably would leave him alone. I probably would never say a word to him. Well, this was WrestleCon. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there to meet people. Right. <laughs> he chose to... Uh, to get salty with me. What year was this? The Jersey year. What was, do you remember? Because that's the only reason I went is AIW was there. The, oh, the AIW year. So that would yeah, have been yeah, like. Yeah. 2018? 18, yeah. Okay, yep. Because we're going we're gonna to get to another Jersey year for WrestleMania weekend. But again, hey, uh, that's this day in wrestling history. Only an hour long. <laughs> um, that's the best part of the show. So. You don't want to talk about anything that happened, like, this week in wrestling? Oh, no, I definitely do. But, like, my favorite thing, because I'm a giant fucking nerd, is definitely yeah. this week in wrestling history. <laughs> I think for the interest of us not going three hours, do you want to I, – I can very easily narrow it down to one thing to talk about. What about you, Joe? Can you, I could, do you have I could 75 pick, things? I got, like, four, but I could pick one. <gasps> okay. No, I'm not picking one. <laughs> oh, I, that's fine. You're the guest. 
I was going to say I have a couple. Okay. Right, they're all very yeah. important. Go ahead. You go first, then. Joe, did the music play? Did I miss it? No, there is no music for this. <laughs> oh. No, there's only there's music for the, the, the history. Five there's out the, of ten drunk. Okay. There's <laughs> the music for the homework. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I loaded that up, but go ahead. Tell me okay. one of your things. One thing is definitely just pop culture related. Oh, no, and then because I saw it on Twitter and you are an 80s person, so you will be able to uh, answer this for me. The RoboCop thing where that kid uh, said, what the hell are you doing, RoboCop? When he was closing the uh, the fire hydrant they're all playing in. And then he said, go fuck a refrigerator, Peckerneck. Yeah. Um, is that RoboCop one or two? That's two. Okay, cool. I really like that because it has strong um, – I've never seen Teen Wolf, but a web cartoon I used to watch called College University for one episode had Teen Wolf as a character. He bit into a beer. It went everywhere, and everyone was very pissed off that he did that. And this dude, Styles had a shirt that said uh, Dick Nose on it or something. That's from the Teen Wolf movie, yes. He- yeah, I've never seen it, but Peckerneck has strong Dick Nose energy. So I definitely want to watch RoboCop 2. That's um, it. I just didn't know if it was one or two, and I knew that you would know which one it is. Is this, like, in the week in wrestling or just your week in general? I saw it on Twitter this week, so I thought it counted. All it right. Counts. No, it's, just, it it's, it's usually to wrestling stuff, but... No, um, no, no, no. I know. I have... I, I think because you're you... Yeah. You should just watch RoboCop 2. Don't even bother... No, yeah, no I'm going to. I'm never going to watch RoboCop 1. Yeah. Robo- Dick- so... RoboCop if 1 is, awesome. is in RoboCop 2, I'm going to watch RoboCop 2. RoboCop 1 is awesome. Like, almost like a 9.7 out of 10, right? I just, it's it's probably too long for me to care about. Um, It's like an hour 40, maybe? Ooh, that's right. It's 10 minutes past. Now, RoboCop <laughs> 2, on the other hand, yeah. is good, but it's because RoboCop 1 is so much better that RoboCop 2 I think loses points because the one is the one before it is a little bit better. But there's a great like angle in there with like drugs that you would enjoy with mm-hmm. this drug called Nuke where it's like this little weird <laughs> vial. It's yeah. a, this little weird vial that you stick into your neck and squeeze and that's how you take the drug. Okay. And not to spoil the movie, but the end of the movie is the lead drug dealer takes mm-hmm. like a giant like Four and a half, like foot long tube of the shit. Does he shoot? Does he like super shredder? Well, he becomes like <laughs> super drug Robocop to fight oh, like Robocop. Bane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Robocop 3, on the other hand, we're like, Never into, like see it. we're like into baby territory. Robocop doesn't shoot anyone. He has like a jet pack and shit. No uh, one's calling him Peckerneck in that. I don't want to see it. No, two. You'll enjoy <laughs> okay. two. So, if we want to get wrestling related, I watched um, two clips from Raw on YouTube, right? Okay. (laughs) Do you want to start with the good or the bad first? Whatever you want to talk about. Adam, you pick. Do the good. Good, good. Um, I saw Brock Lesnar come out, and I'm going to say the first two clotheslines he delivered to uh, what is Otis and uh, Chad Gable's tag name? American Alpha. Okay, I was gonna say it was him and Jason Jordan because I no, remember Alpha that Academy. One. I knew it was one of the other. Um, the the when he delivered those first two clotheslines and then he just walked around with Chad Gable before he like throws him, and then he throws Otis. Everything up until they went outside of the ring, I lost my fucking mind for, and that's when I realized 
when uh, somebody on the show, Pat Jones, someone was like, WWE people you're still interested in. And I like him and Hall over. Eh, who am I? I forgot that for spurts, I think Brock Lesnar is the fucking best. Uh, I fucking screamed at my TV. I was throwing like fist pumps in the air. Um, <laughs> I thought that shit was fucking great, right? Yeah. He's just throwing these dudes around. I guess Austin Theory is out there. I don't know. I fast forward until I saw uh, Brock Lesnar basically do the Keith Lee big boy thing at Otis. And I was like, okay, here. So here it comes. So I watched that. And that was very good. But I also saw a clip where Dolph Ziggler is wearing a suit. And he turns face. <laughs> and I think he's feeding the theory. But I wanted to talk about it from this aspect. I have uh, a cousin, Joe, that has been watching WWF slash WWE since 1998 around WrestleMania when uh, one of our uncles got it and we went there and watched it. She's been watching WWF. He never gave up. He still watches it. And he texted me this. Um, I really think Dolph is going to win the briefcase from Theory. So I'm just wondering, do you also think it's weird that a person that has been watching this for over 20 years has not picked up on booking patterns <laughs> and for some reason thinks they will do a thing with Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> um, uh, so you're – oh, God. So the Dolph uh, Ziggler thing was actually on my list of things, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> this is – a cousin who has also multiple times, also within the last like two years, predicted that he thinks John Morrison will win the Royal Rumble. Um, I <laughs> because just he does how the you cool, watch this for because so he does like long. the cool escapes being eliminated things, right? I don't know. I don't know what I've never questioned him why he would think this would ever happen because it's so mind boggling to me. And I know that we are watching. We're wa- like we see the same show, but we're watching two different shows. So, so I've never pressed him on it, but do you also think it's weird that this person, he's not an internet fan, right? But he's okay. watched this shit since 1998, and he's not picking up on booking patterns. And I think that's super fucking weird. You'd be surprised if people don't have that internet bias. Mm. That buy into, like, oh, you know, like, Dolph Ziggler, somebody who always wins titles. But he's they've always... proven to you time and time again that that's untrue. But they keep him off TV for like long enough times. He like if the argument can be made, he was just NXT champion, right? He I went guess. down there. Was and, he? Yes, he was. He beat okay. Ron Breaker. Yeah, yeah. I say you my first NXT question in months. <laughs> that shows you how much I paid attention to it. I thought right. you still did the spreadsheet. No, I stopped doing the spreadsheet like in October. Can you update it? No, it's long gone. <laughs> no, it's no, like, no. From like right now. Like, don't go back and catch up to what has gone past then. Just see how much has changed. <laughs> I think it's like, an, like, I think the entire roster for the most part since October has flipped <laughs> over completely. It's mm-hmm. all, pretty much all new people. Um, But I think people that don't have that internet bias, when a guy who's been there for a long time, and as crazy as this sounds, like, it's not this sort of, le- like, Whatever a level below, like, a Batista would be, okay? Like, when someone like a Dolph Ziggler, who's kind of always been there... What? Like, I think people who don't have that internet bias would be like, oh, well, there's a guy who's always been around. You know, like, I bet you this... I bet you this... But I'd say, like, a level below Batista. 
is where this guy probably thinks Dolph Ziggler fits into the greater hierarchy of world wrestling entertainment. Okay. Because he doesn't have that internet bias to skew him to remember. It's like, well, here's the 15 times that they've kind of dangled the carrot in front of Dolph Ziggler and made us think that he was going to be something and then just kind of pulled it away like a month later. And then just he just goes back to being like a guy. And then six months later, they're like, hey, he wins the Intercontinental title out of nowhere. And then like he loses the Intercontinental title like to Ryback. And then he's six months, he does nothing. But because he's just kind of consistently always there, you would be surprised on how many people that are not internet fans that just because they have a longevity love guys that have been there. Like, I know people that are not internet people that think Randy Orton is the greatest wrestler of all time. Because he's Nash. been in WWF. Because he's like been Kevin in WWF for years. Huh? Kevin Nash said Randy Orton's like his favorite dude. I think Kevin Nash likes Randy Orton because he's jealous that Randy could get away with doing as little as Nash does and still collect <laughs> Uh, um, I don't know. It just struck me as weird. He always, like, I, it, no, it normally only comes out Royal Rumble time because he predicts a Royal Rumble winner to me. And that's when I'm like, you, how have you been watching this so long? You just have not grasped on anything. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring it up to other people to see, like, is he weird or am I, like, I don't know. He said that Dolph Ziggler shit to me, and nothing's made less sense to me in my life. Like, Dolph Ziggler's not going to do anything ever. He's been there 14 years. <laughs> We're the weird ones because we've spent this much time talking and thinking about it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. God bless him, though, dude. He watches the Royal Rumble, and John Morrison comes out, and he's like, that's my guy. I think he might win it. And that's awesome because, like, I can't imagine watching the Royal Rumble and predicting a winner. You know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> their booking doesn't make any sense right all right my turn yes let's do adam this. you barely talked what's up <laughs> hi uh yankees are tied going to extra innings it's four four they're who very they good this season <laughs> very it's good a, i was gonna say it's a it's a thursday night game against what the fucking royals who cares it's, it's no every game matters <laughs> joe doesn't understand baseball adam i, under, I get you I've, I've heard i've heard no less than three people this week <laughs> on different podcasts say yeah, I start watching baseball after the All-Star break. That's when the season really begins. They're not real fans, and that's the problem. I understand. I went to opening day at the Guardians, or, like, home opener, because, like, I'm going to watch my Giants game one, or game three. Because <laughs> game three matters just as much as the last one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so I just want to talk about this. On this week's NXT Two Point Glow, <laughs> Notorious Klutz. Uh, Cora Jade's friend uh, was in the parking lot and tripped and fell and she hurt her ribs. Uh, Nobody saw what happened, but everybody just assumes that she fell on her own and hurt herself because it happens all the time. Paul has five stories. Yes. Not wanting to deprive the NXT universe of a title match, Cora Jade unselfishly stepped up and offered to take her friend's spot in the main event. Oh, my God. Even though Cora Jade wasn't prepared to face Mandy Rose, Cora was like, you know what? I want to make sure the fans are sent home happy. Uh, And then that spotlight seeker, that clout chaser, Roxanne Perez, comes out in no condition to compete, (laughs) and she ends up wrestling, right? So, like, she's kind of screwing the fans because, like, she, she, there's no way she's going to be able to compete with Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is one of the top women's wrestlers because she has the NXT women's title. Oh. So, so during that match, 
Perez runs out of the ring and goes up to Cora and she tells her like really quiet. The cameras didn't pick this up that mm-hmm. she broke Cora Jade's skateboard earlier in the day and glued it back <laughs> together. And she was hoping that Cora Jade wouldn't notice. And Cora Jade obviously and rightfully so snapped. So Cora Jade like lightly, gently hits uh, Perez in the back with the tattle, tag team title belt, you know, costing uh, Perez the match. And afterwards, she showed, and by she, I mean Cora Jade, showed the audience why she was mad by showing the broken skateboard. Yeah. And then, like, everybody is, like, turning on Cora Jade, saying she did something wrong. But all she wanted to do was give the NXT crowd something to, like, something to cheer for, give them a proper Mm -hmm. main event match, uh, and not have a broken skateboard. But freaking Roxanne Perez ruined everything for everybody. And I feel the attack was completely justified. Adam, can I tell you that you have put more thought into this than Bruce Prichard or Paul Levesque? Um, that oh, I was, I was you added more to saw. it than I got <laughs> from that for sure. It's not even like, uh, man, I don't want to peel the curtain away, but the bits you were doing, I'm saying the ma- like points you made were like, oh, I didn't realize that that may be part of it, like. Uh, that Cora Jade was like, oh, I will take the title shot, right? Yeah, just wants to send the fo- you know, doesn't want Did to not have a main event. That? Well, like, again, uh, well, no, Joe, she, uh, Adams, stop. I uh, need a not bit to happen. Joe, did she say that? I don't watch NXT Two Point Glow. Oh my god, I don't either. So I don't know. Adam might be fucking with us. I was, I was gonna say if, if, even though we traded pictures of her back and forth, uh, <laughs> when we were figuring out the, uh, the show image this week, if I, if you showed me a picture of Roxanne Perez, I would have to take your word for it that that's who that was. I, I know Roxy. That's okay. not the same person, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh-huh. I remember, and I remember Cora Jade because, again, she's a professional skateboarder, not yes, like that, yes, not yes. like that lame wad Darby Allen. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody who's nobody who's friended Jason with Darby listens to the show, so I can say that. So, <laughs> real question: Do you think they just ignore this skateboard disintegrating? Uh, again, I mean, they could completely address the fact that Adam, they would never Klutz, put that much thought into it. <laughs> Notorious Joe. Klutz, Roxanne Perez broke it and tried gluing it together and hoping that she wouldn't notice it. <laughs> I hope they listen. I hope they do it. So my so I did see the clip of the skateboard breaking before it made connection. Yeah. Um, and the reason I saw it is because whoever I why is it that whoever runs the major two wrestling companies social media teams are maybe the most inept people in the world? Maybe like maybe you don't want to show that part, right? Yeah. Just show like the maybe attack. don't show that part. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. So they're that's not gonna be in any of the video packages that come up. They're never gonna mention it again. Um, they're gonna do what they can to hide it. Um I don't know, like, NXT shouldn't be televised. It should still be yeah. in front of that crowd where these people have very little to no experience or learning how to wrestle so that when it's time for them to go up to the big stage, they could wrestle T-Bar on main event for six months <laughs> and get them back down to NXT. You know, that's what NXT should be. <laughs> T-Bar is Mr. Main Event these days. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Do you know no. who T-Bar is? You're... Um... I'm aware it's Donovan Dijak, but go. I'm also not that aware of Don- Donovan Dijak. I knew he was like a 
uh, Vandy like searcher on Twitter. Oh yeah, and I only know that because uh, one of his last matches in Evolve was him and Ethan Page, and then in a spot where like they both were out of the ring and grabbed somebody else's phone and like checked Twitter to see what Twitter was saying about their match. No, Joe, that's good. Some people get <laughs> listen. So I'll, I will. I'm. I will completely admit that I'm very biased, and I'll say some people can get. A pass for doing lame shit during the matches. <laughs> Julian! Yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, before I throw this over to you, Joe, I just want to say two things. I want to say, uh, sup, evil Cora Jade. Uh, and the other thing is, if I had more time to expound upon this, my other talking point was going to be that I am now a super uber mega mark for the maximum male models. Marseille and Mansoir. I watched both segments start to finish, loved every minute of it. And I am hoping I am hoping that you apply online, right. Joe. <laughs> so what I was gonna do was I first of all, I'm not allowed to take pictures of myself uh, uh. legally. <laughs> and especially I'm not allowed to transmit them over the internet for a variety of reasons. I'm gonna look at it. Joe's YouTube history here. <laughs> Oh, I just went away. Damn it. I was going to let it's, you guys know it's, it's what we mostly, have in common. It's mostly wrestling and Pokemon. <laughs> All right. So, Ed, you really don't know what Maxim male models are? Um, I know the Dupree thing because you've <laughs> talked about it. So right. I know that's definitely a Bruce idea. And it is also um, the dummy guy, right? Uh, Ma- that's Max Dupree, the former L.A. Knight, correct? Yeah, the, dum- the dummy guy. What's it, What was his name when he was the dummy guy, though? Oh, what the hell was his name? Was yeah, I know guy. from Impact, the dummy guy. L.A. Knight? No, or... no, 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 no. There were, Okay, I only know that because somebody got in a legit argument with me about why if that is dumber than CM Punk or not. And that's the only reason I remember L.A. Knight. God damn <laughs> it. Like, I, Eli Drake. Eli, Eli Drake. Drake, there we go. Yeah, okay. Yep, I know him, yes. And well, I know you he haven't... does speak from this show. I know he's doing the model thing. He does the do pre because I know it's a Bruce. It's for, oh, you're very right. It's 100 a Bruce thing, but I don't know who the two people you're talking about are. Okay, are you ready? Re- we're gonna we're gonna watch. The, I'm gonna make you watch yeah. the segment here. Played by the most virile, athletic. Oh, they give him a miss. Men in all of fashion. Yeah. Is he short? Is that why he's a manager? Yes. This okay. moment is upon like, us. Like he's like five foot. And so, without yeah, further yeah, yeah, ado, yeah. allow me to introduce our first. You know him as Mace, but until he oh, Brendan Williams, passion, you can now call him. I give you Marseille. What? Marseille. This song's a banger. <laughs> no, the song's good. You're right. Um. Okay. Okay. All right, so I guess he yep. was formerly Slapjack. No, fuck that. That's Brennan Williams, the great black otaku. I know him. He's, a, he's an anime fan. He's a cosplay dude. Like, okay. we have many similar so interests. Where are Brennan Williams? So, Phoenix. Oh, he did the runway walk back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was, this was the, this what show was this? This was SmackDown. This was two SmackDown. Okay, that makes a difference. Well, you know what I think at the end but of no, it? No, no, no. All right. He has now found a love. So see SmackDown. For fashion as well. You can now call him Mansoir. Oh, that's, 
like fucking Eddie and John Mox are like, we want to wrestle this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we want to wrestle him on TV. Then put like, him over. They put him over huge, right? No. No, they didn't put him over huge. Put what him over. Huh? Put him over. No, well, listen. I think by him giving, like, the match that he had with Hangman a couple Dude. months ago, the match that he had with Mox, and the match that he had with Eddie. Stop. Yeah, There's he's like... Those are, like, the biggest guys in the company. No, there's, like, a million people on that fucking roster. Just let him win a goddamn match on TV. Okay. He's huge. He's he's fucking jacked. He's uh, a gorgeous. He's fucking gorgeous. Dude, that man when, is gorgeous. And first like, of all, I can make say, some money off him for the year that you have him. What are they fucking doing? And first of all, Ed, I want to say, fuck you. Because when that match was happening on Rampage, and people are like, oh, you should watch this match on Rampage. And you're like, I'm watching Dante Chen on Level Up. And yes, because like, I don't have cable, Joe. Dude, I don't have cable either. There's Russian sites that you can watch this shit on for That's free. such an effort when I can just <laughs> turn on a fucking... What was I watching instead? Level Dante Up. Chen? Yeah, I, think I have Peacock through Brock from Smoking Jays. And see <laughs> this? And see this thing that I just did? This yeah. very difficult thing that I just did? No, so sometimes that doesn't work. My laptop is shit. Well... <laughs> Listen, that's between you and your laptop. If only you knew know, somebody in the importer-exporter business that could get you a better laptop, but that person doesn't exist. Listen, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that Patreon money later. Colossal <laughs> con, my friend bailed not to pay for an entire my expenses doubled. <laughs> oh, but listen, I get people being upset that Takeshi should have won some matches, and I agree. Just to win a couple, but that's but that's the thing. Like I think it's an excursion, might... like. That's the thing, Joe. People understand excursions in 2022. You know what I mean? So, like, let them win a couple. They're just putting them against these people right when they announce it. You know, okay, so Takeshi is going to be competitive but not win. Which, like, it's an excursion. But, like, also, Muda had a fucking excursion. He won the fucking TV title and he feared with Sting. It was a different time. It's, but it doesn't have to be a different time. You're yeah, working with DDT through Kenny Omega, right? And there's people from DDT that they could get besides Takeshita and bring them over, but they have to te- like they have to treat Takeshita right, right? Or they're not going to send over Mao. They're not going to send over Kano. They're not going to like. They're not going to send over these people. Takeshita is their biggest stars, so let Takeshita win some fucking matches on TV. Listen. Here's my thought process. He's in there against, like, their biggest guys, okay? So don't. It's I think, not real. I think Takeshita is going to get his first big win over a big-named heel. But would that make a bigger difference than Takeshita getting a win over, like, Griff Garrison? No. Nope. And then, like, working his way up until this match with John Moxley, where he the- f- competes... And loses. The problem is, is that these guys like him and they want to have these matches with him now. And I'll he's there this. for a year. Okay, but here's so we have this match with Kingston, we have the match with Mox, and we have the match with Hangman, right? Yeah. He loses yeah. those matches. Let's yes. say he starts. Let's say he starts racking up the wins on fucking. He has to now. He has on, to now. Okay, so he has to now. Yes. Let's say th- so. Let's say three months from now, six months from now, on a pay per view. He gets that rematch with Hangman or well, with have- Moxley or with Kingston. And then when he wins that match in the rematch, okay, so let's say he wins that. It's a bigger yeah. deal because he's been built up more. Now you could build to a rematch. It's the rubber match between the two of them. And then you get a third banger match out of one of these three guys that he's already established 
that he can but have he has these to great beat matches them. with. And he has to beat them. I agree. Is today the time to beat these guys? No. Three months, six months, nine months from now. If you're saying they got him for a year, why burn him out today? Adam. Yes. <laughs> Watch the Yankees for a second. Okay. <laughs> I like, quote unquote, big wrestling, Japanese wrestling fan. I get it. Never mind. Let me talk to Joe for a second. Joe. <laughs> All right, I'll be over here. <laughs> so, Takeshita, DDT is like a, no matter how much Kenny and these people, like, cyber agent, especially, wants to make it matter, Jun Akiyama, it's a comedy promotion, right? Right. Takeshita is the one guy that can break away from that. And you can put their main title on Takeshita when he comes back. And he okay. can ha- he can be their Okada. Like, the the ground, like, it's been set. Okada did this when he was in, like, the same age as Takeshita. So, like, he comes back, he beats the big star, he goes and does it. And they can do that, right? But Takeshita right now is losing to everybody on television. And it doesn't fucking work. These YouTube shows don't matter. So I'm not saying from this right right now it's bad. I'm saying from this point on, if Takeshita isn't on Dynamite, I'm going to say once or twice a month, winning a match, it doesn't doesn't work. Like, it doesn't help him. You know what I mean? I, I said they should have put the TNT title on him. Absolutely. And just and yes. just let him have like matches with like the bottom third of the card. Yeah. You know, like, give me give me Takeshita versus Aaron Solo for the TV yeah, title. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a fun match. Whatever. You know. And let him bang out all these wins, and then like at the pay per view, you get Takeshita versus like Miro, right? Yeah. Okay. But you're saying to yourself he's got a year. Let's not let's not say oh they fucked up the Takeshita prop. Uh, program or you know uh, excursion because he lost to the three biggest baby faces in the company but at the same time work with him because they respect him and they want this kid to do whatever right but at the same time if he is going to be because nobody's attempted this with Takeshita that's clearly what DDT is going to do with Takeshita nobody's tried this really since Okada like all Japan with Miyahara kind of but like even he was whatever. Why would you not want the company that you're loading him out for a year for excursion to to put him over? Like WCW did with Liger, right? He was the like the the equivalent of the cruiserweight champion at that point. He's like heavyweight champion. Uh, when he, at this he, point, it's leaning towards not ang- like not angle wise, but uh like Wrestling wise and like win loss record wise, it's okay though, dude. In TNA, well, okay, let's revisit this in three months, six months, nine yeah, months. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm you're saying right now, I'm very worried on. about it at this point. If TK is like, we see a further relationship with DDT, um, so we're gonna put to catch it over and we're gonna make this happen, then that's great. But at this point, every match he's had on television, he is lost. He's not the Great Muda. You know what I mean? Because Great Muda was pushed from the fucking, from the jump. He was on there. He's DP champion. He was pushed. So, so I'm worried about Takeshita in that aspect. Sorry, Adam. I know you're a giant Japanese wrestling fan. 
So I will say, if you go back and watch the Muda's run in like 89 of NWA, he beats Sting for the TV title. And that's literally his only big name win on TV. The rest of the time, he's going to time limit draws. He's going to like DQ run in finishes. Uh, Even his pay-per-view matches, he's not the one taking the fall, but he's usually on the losing team. And then when Arn Anderson comes back and they're going to turn him babyface, he leaves the company. So you know I, more than me. I'm not arguing. I'm just, I'm saying, just saying. I'm like, worried about the catch that not getting wins on TV. Give it time. Okay. Give it time. Yep. Because now TK is just as much of a giant nerd as I am, right? Uh, I would say you're probably a bigger nerd than he is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what anime uh, Tony Khan watches. Oh, I meant wrestling. But no, we'll get into just giant in nerd shit right now if you want to. I was going to uh, say. I'm I so have. Still, you covered the Ziggler thing. Yeah. Uh, I talked about Takeshita. Yep. Um, the Vince thing is already a week old. Yep. Like, I have you know what I mean? two more things. I can get one <laughs> done real quick. Swerve's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, I went to bed at 7.30 when I saw that match announced. Because I was so sure the Young Bucks were going to win. That's it. I was very excited when I woke up. <laughs> yeah, that you would always say, how come, he's not a, how come he's not a champion? How come yep. he hasn't won their belt? Yep. How come there hasn't won their belt? Yep. Yep. That was another one where they had a 66% chance of getting it right, yep. and I didn't think they would, you know? I didn't think they would either, so I will make you uh, a deal. Tony Khan, Joe, everybody listening right now, Mon- or Wednesday, I will hook my laptop up to my TV via, via my HDMI. And I will watch AEW Dynamite. Oh. Because you have put a belt on Swerve, who I think <laughs> is one of the low-key, effortlessly cool people in wrestling. I think is Kevin Nash levels of cool. And uh, you gave him a belt, and that's all I've ever really, really wanted since the mm-hmm. time he left NXT. So I will watch your show. I'm open to it. I don't think CM Punk will be back anytime soon. So I'm not holding out hopes, but I'm going to watch. That tag team name is garbage, though, right? Everybody, please agree with me. Oh, 100%. Swerve in our glory. That doesn't make any sense as a sentence, and that's no. the problem <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it make it sounds- Swerve and Keith Lee. I understand Tony not wanting him to be uh, Swerve the Realist. I think that's cool as fuck. And I would let, if I was running, if it was PVD Pro on fucking... TBS and TNT, he'd be Swerve the Realist. But if they yes. don't think that's the coolest, then it just should be like Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. It's just a Swer- Swerve in our glory sounds like something WWE would do. Like you know, yeah, it sounds like I said today at work at the quasi wrestling dude that I feel it is very much like a Team Road Scholars or Team Hell No. Yeah, if you yep. listen to like Jericho's podcast of like um like how the acclaimed like the acclaimed's name was originally one of the pitches for like whatever like the Jericho Appreciation Society was. No so shit, they, what was it? Well, so no, the, it was supposed to be Chris Jericho's The Acclaimed was supposed oh, to be the name. Oh, and Jericho okay. shot it down. So they're like spitballing all these names. And when um, Anthony Bowens was on Jericho's podcast this this past week, and Ed, yeah. I'm throwing this out there. I've only heard clips and stuff of it. Jesse Ventura was on Jericho's podcast this week. Yeah. And did you hear the clip that was out there of what Jesse would no. do about the people? Oh, my God. 
So there's a clip of Jesse talking to Chris Jericho about what he would do to the people that stormed his capital on <gasps> January 6th. Yes, and, what would he do? And he's like, I would, he goes, he goes, if I was one of those security people, none of those people would be walking out of there alive. And they brought a Confederate flag yep, and the yep. Republicans spit in the face of the democracy and all this other stuff to Jericho. He's saying it to Chris Jericho, yeah, whose yeah, wife yeah, was yeah. there. Whose wife and, is there. And Jericho's just, and Jericho's just like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, com- what do you guys say? And he has to just chill because like, honestly, everything I've seen, Chris's wife just chilled and watched, right? You're there. So his wife was just dumb enough to an get on a right? plane and go. No, I, no, no. I think if you don't, if you're not on those steps pushing forward, you're not an accomplice. What if, you're like, cheer- what if you're cheering them on from a distance? No, you're not an accomplice. You're just okay. a fucking dipshit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're just a dipshit in the downfall of democracy. <laughs> I don't think Chris Jericho's wife is an accomplice and his like mom or like her mom or whatever. I don't know what the. Like, I don't know what the situation was there. I just know from everything I've seen, they weren't inside that building. And also, they weren't on the steps, and they were just chilling backwards. It'd be the same as, like, uh, Joe. I'm a communist. And if communists stormed the Capitol, I would never fucking do that, ever. But if it happened and it worked, then I'd be like, oh, well, that's, I guess. Like, I guess would that's you, Would you way. go out of your way and travel... No, nope. from Ohio to the capital. No, I don't even. Uh, like, I don't even. I've never shot a gun in my life, <laughs> so no, I don't have that in me to do. That's what I'm saying. Like communism, like through Marxism, I guess they're like, hey, don't get rid of your guns. But at the same time, like I would never own one, so like that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> like, I th- I view Mrs. Jericho in the same lens. It's like how I because they work in a factory, Joe. I have to reason these things, right? Uh-huh. Like, I work with a dude right now working right beside me on the press that I'm on that has a Trump 2024 hat that says, take America back. And I have to just chill next to this dude and just, I've talked to him. He would have never been there on the 6th, but at the same time, he would vote for Donald Trump again. So I just have to reason these things in my brain to be able to make money and afford where I live. If we could keep on track, we could keep going. <laughs> so, can you keep on track? If you keep me, if, if, if I play the homework jingle right now, and we could move the show on. Homework? Yeah, I watched the. Okay. Uh, yeah, I watched the show. We can do that. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework, it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. This all sucks. DeWiki said that he doesn't even listen to our show anymore. He's an apologist of it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the point. All we need to really talk about, you build up to absolution, and I will tell you, Shark Boy stories when we get to Shark Boy. I have a lot of Shark Boy stories. Uh, you're, you could tell maybe one quick one, Ed. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> Listen, here's... I have Shark Boy stories that is literally one quick one. I was trying to be nice. Because <laughs> here's what homework was going to be. Go to Masked Library. Go read his recap of it. I like the show. 
uh, Thorn. It was and good. Every, and everyone said that this was essentially like the go home Raw before a big pay per view, WrestleMania, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I, I 100% agree with him. Uh, I'm glad a ton of people got mic time on this show, which was awesome. I thought Artie's promo was really good. I like that Artie uh, did his promo not in his gimmick voice. Uh, I wish he didn't say jobber in his promo, but whatever. These kids today need to learn. And I also thought it was funny that Dom took time out of his promo to bury Artie for no reason. <laughs> Maybe if uh, if Dom spent less time burying Artie and more time working on his chokes, because he had a kind of a weak choke and couldn't finish oh. it off. <laughs> He couldn't finish off Jackson Stone and had to like resort to you know the stump pile driver. You know, you know maybe that would have been better off for him. But I'm just saying, less less time burying Artie. Uh, but yeah, so I I thought like I said the show top to bottom was really good. Um, and yeah, go watch the show on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. It's like I think the whole show is like two hours and fifteen minutes, not even. Yeah, like nine matches. I was originally like, oh god, but then but it flew by. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ed? Sorry, my headphones unplugged. I didn't realize it. I was fucking screaming at you guys. Well. <laughs> all right. Hey. hey, Ed, do you have any yeah. thoughts on the, the show, the AIW yeah. 3D show? Yeah, 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 I for sure do. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this person is very good, but uh, uh, Mikey Montgomery? <laughs> yeah, I, right? I, I I heard Mikey and Eric had a lot of family and friends there. They did. Um, I didn't go. So uh, is Thor not listening anymore? No, he doesn't listen to this podcast. Thank God. Um, I can't get a fucking good sightline at this goddamn place, and I hate I hate it so fucking much. I feel as though it'd be cool to see a show there. I don't know. If you can get a sh- like, if you can get a seat, and you're good, you know what I mean. Right. I can't do that because uh, those shows are at the end of Thursday nights. And I never know if I'm going to work in that Friday until that Thursday. So I can't buy tickets ahead of time. Mm. So it's mostly me just standing behind people trying to uh, do it, like watch. And then the last show before this was Alabama Dan, who was six foot three. And I'm just a tiny boy. You should have him pick you up and put you on his shoulders. I wanted him to, and nobody (laughs) wants to do that. It's such bullshit. I tried to tell everybody I'm just a tiny little man. They don't care. Hmm. But it was a good show. Watch it. So, hey, Ed. Uh, yeah, homework for next week is a Chikara oh. show. Oh, I thought I get to pick it. No, you heat up show. Get the hell out of here! Not in this <laughs> condition. You ain't picking nothing. Uh, so there's, there's no, no heat up so good. No, there's no pay per views. There's no nothing this weekend. So it's the first WrestleCon weekend from 2013, <gasps> where Res- uh, Chikara. We were part of WrestleCon there. It's a yeah. caucus new. Uh, outside of me and Mantis trying to drive around looking for the Channel 9 studios so we can go and steal all the old Richard Bay tapes. Uh, Bullshit! You'll be be watching the Chikara event Shoulders of Palace. Um, You could skip Cobalt versus Saturine. Um, (laughs) You have Batiri versus DevCorp versus Throwbacks versus Spectral Envoy. Can you go back to that uh, what you were talking about everybody skipping? Yeah. Yeah. 
Wait, Mantis, what, what happened? No, okay, so you're skipping the Cobalt versus Saturine match. Yeah, of of course. Yes. Next match is Batiri, Devastation Corporation, Throwbacks, Spe- Spectral Envoy, which I think is Mantis and Frightmare. You're watching that. Uh, Ophidian versus Amasis, you could skip that. Rest of the show, you're watching. All four members of Fist taking on 3.0, Granakuma and Marty Jannetty. Uh, Tim Donst, Tim Donst against Archibald Peck, uh, which is a rematch from Easton from a couple months prior. Um, the Colony and Frightmare. Oh, so I guess Spectral Envoy, Envoy was probably Mantis and Crossbones. Jerry has a real bad setup with the match listings and shit on the, Listen, on the thing. But, I follow like three companies. One is on Station Pro, and Jerry told me that the match was happening before it even got announced. Well... Again, Jerry told us about the tag team titles months before they got announced. I don't want to give Joe. I don't want to give Jerry shit. Uh, all I care about is heat up, and he right. sent me a couple text messages and screenshots where Tamora seems like he might be willing to talk to him at some point. So we have the Colony and Frightmare against Soldierant and Colony Extreme Force, Ooh. which is their soft debut. Yeah. Uh, we have. Hollow Wicked versus Eddie Kingston for the title, which I remember being a good match. I don't know. Those two guys. Have- <laughs> and then uh, the main event, uh, which is Shard against Quack and Jushin Thunder Liger. Stop it. I just love that you're like, I just named two random wrestlers that are good. And I hope the match is good. <laughs> yeah. So that's the homework for hope. Next- Yeah, no, I feel you. And I might, and like I said, I might have stories about why we're skipping the March shows. I might have funny stories about this show. Uh, it was an eventful weekend. It was eventful month, 2013. Chikara. Joe. The wheels hadn't fallen off yet. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, I have a question. All right, Ed. Mm-hmm. I, so this weekend right now that is happening is a live Christian music festival, right? Okay. All right. I swear this is going to lead to something. Um, one weekend, because I would go, if WWE wasn't doing anything, it'd be like two, me and my friend would be like, oh, well, Switchfoot is playing it, Switchfoot is good. So let's just go, it's a very cheap price, let's just go see Switchfoot. One week that it happened was like, Ravi and Dam came back? It was in the Money in the Bank, right? hmm But it seems... That every weekend that this would happen would be some big wrestling weekend. I think <laughs> one of those is like, what was it, the King of Trios? It was a Jakarta thing for sure. Okay. Because I remember showing all my friends this goddamn spreadsheet on my iPad of like fucking time travel. And the fucking ants and me trying to explain it to all of them and them just being like, this is fucking great. But like, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting there. Adam's going to get the, ex- we've been experiencing it live in between my okay. picks and his picks okay. and actual pay-per-views. We're getting there. I promise. All now, right. There's big it- stuff that Adam's going to see that's going to blow his mind. Yeah, okay. it's just fucking crazy because, like, I brought this thing on casuals and they were very <laughs> invested in it until mm-hmm. they found out, much like me, that it would cost money to figure out what was going on. <laughs> uh, so, I will say, Ed, th- other things that blow my mind are yeah. some other podcasts that you should listen to. <gasps> 
and Fuck those yes, podcasts. name mine. God damn it, Hold name on. mine. Maybe we'll get there. But those podcasts are Long Box Heroes, Long Box Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewers Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets. I won't plug the A show, but I will plug yes. Pod Van Dam. All right. So listen, Adam mentioned the shows. Uh, use the code at odds for uh, new subscribers. We get a kickback if you sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, unless, make, unless I get it. Right. Unless Ed gets it with his promo code, which is. <laughs> Hashtag. Fuck. I don't know what to do. All right. Adam, help me. <laughs> I believe your promo code is also at odds. Yes. <laughs> uh, make any and all of your Amazon purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Um, what's that like? What? What's that like? What do you mean, what's that like? I did Amazon purchases for a uh, cosplay. Right. And I didn't know how to do it through you guys, so I so, didn't do it. Because so I wasn't and I'm gonna, aware I'm of here, what And I'm going to show you. I only mention it on every episode of the podcast. So, <laughs> I, you, I'm, but I'm not a stuff guy. I don't make it to this point. Yeah, okay. So here's what I'm gonna do. If you go to the, if you go to any link for any of the episodes like this right here that you see yeah. in front yeah. of you, and then see yeah. right here where it says "Want to support the show?" Use our Amazon affiliate link. And if yes. you click that, it takes you to Amazon, and it looks just like regular Amazon. You guys you can't click, out me though. Huh? I don't want you guys to out me on shit that I buy. Then I won't. I, I'll. I'll. If there's something that comes up on the list that's suspect, I'll. Yeah. Add you. Um. Like just as an example, so I have one set up for at odds, and we have another one set up for Longbox Heroes. Yeah. Uh, on the Longbox Heroes one this past week, somebody purchased a butt plug. Oh, Joe. <laughs> so I won't get. I won't get that deep. But okay. like, I will. <laughs> like, I will buy ears for okay. cats, and I well, will we'll know just... that everyone will know that it's me. But I don't want you to talk that it's me. All right. We'll speculate it could be anyone. I'm just um, a tiny. I'm just but, a tiny girl. I don't but know. What's no, going on. Notable purchase of the Amazon click through this week is somebody purchased four copies of the Rebel Clash Pokemon card at Geoslam, <gasps> which means they're getting them for their competitive deck, which I love to see people doing. Yeah. Uh, somebody what? Nothing. I'm gonna listen. Somebody, I have somebody I have to shout out. I'm gonna go to. <laughs> somebody also purchased. Imity BB cream for men, barrel and oak age defying day and night face rest. What is that? Cream, and Cody classic perfume gravity, which what is a men's fragrance. So I'm glad to see that we have a fancy person who makes their purchases <laughs> through our Amazon click through. Listen, These are men's skincare products. Yeah, no, listen, Joe, I'll tell you right now the men's care, like men's skincare products I'm going to get from this. Are those? Yes. <laughs> but also, like, um, I have a skirt that's not going to cover up my entire butt. So there'll be a lot of, like, stuff like that where it's like, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's like acne cream, but for your butt. But it won't be me. I'm not scared <laughs> from these people on the left, right? Right. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you right now, that's what it's going to be. Mostly because this comes from Colossal Con East. Where it's, I have a, a page, like, I'm going to have a panel going. I'm just waiting for you and Adam. <laughs> okay. 
So no, uh, don't okay this. You tell me the where this is all gonna go well. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's going great. So uh, <laughs> we have coming up in two weeks the AIW Great Lakes Wrestle Fest. Everyone's oh gonna- my god, are you guys plugging this? Because I just started and I yeah. realized nobody else is. We we have to figure out. We're gonna Thank have to. God, yes. With the next like week, we have to coordinate how we're doing our ride situation to get out there. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but it was <laughs> I would just- love to get CPA out to you guys to get out to us. That's <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> I know. All right, but they just announced that this upcoming Monday tickets go on sale for the LVAC show. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, twenty bucks GA, forty bucks for the balcony, which is like table service and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of miscommunication in regards to dates and times and talents and so forth. What's um, CBA I, doing? I will say that they did just announce that Orange Cassidy is officially announced for the show. Uh, he will be wrestling a match. And that's not the person that I've been saying for weeks is the big name that's going to get announced. Oh, for shit. the Outback? For the LVAC show, yes. Great, I can't wait until this podcast is done recording so you can tell me who it is so I can start. Okay, now, so that's the thing. You don't listen this far into the show. When I first mentioned this weeks ago, I said, usually I'll be like, hey, hit me up with the DMs and I'll tell you who it is. It's orange. This one, I ain't telling you who it is. It's orange. Ed, it ain't Orange Cassidy. There's 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 another name that's going to be announced for the LVAC show, the only clue I could give you is, do you know who I like in wrestling? That's who Raven. I like in wrestling. So that's who's going to be at this that's show. too broad. Adam, tell him. <laughs> I am yelling anyone. All right. So Ed had to step away. Um, what an interesting show, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe the expression has worked yourself into a shoot. <laughs> mm-hmm, I certainly did. Uh, so let's get into voicemails, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hello, at Odds with Wrestling. It is I, the strongest man in all land. Glad to be here at the exclusive home of Austin McGoss's voicemails. Sorry <laughs> I didn't call last week. You know, I was kind of busy Thursday, you know, wrestling Philly Collins. That's the whole thing. I know you're going to talk about it for this week's homework, but regardless, uh, two things. First things first, I'm going to plug Absolution on July 23rd. If you haven't bought your tickets yet and you're in the area or you're close and you want to travel for the first time, make sure you get out there. It's going to be a legendary show, and make sure to stream it live on IWTV. But anyways, the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to call about. I just had an interaction with uh, Adam Van, a.k.a. me, uh, on Twitter <laughs> that I'm calling on Sunday, if this makes sense. Um, and he's a big fan of the Yankees. And he's so upset because the Yankees absolutely suck right now. What? They do. And they do. Yeah, I, I am actually a Cleveland Indians, or I'm sorry, Guardians fan. I'm just so not used to that yet. Uh, I just want to know, because, Adam, we have to be on the same page as far as all sports go. Who are your <laughs> favorite sports teams? And, Joe, you're included, too. We, we, we want to know your favorite sports teams. Oh, sure. I, for one, <laughs> am all Cleveland. All land everything. Browns, Guardians, Cavaliers. And, hell, I'll even root for those Buckeyes. Tell me, who are your sports teams? 
Love you guys. You have a great week. <laughs> um, I feel like this is going to get me in trouble with Artie. Like we might not be like teaming up much after this, but uh, obviously Yankees for baseball, Steelers for football. I don't give a shit about hockey and I give less of a shit about basketball. So uh, like, I really don't care about those. Like growing up as a, like a kid in the eighties, I, I had like, Chicago Bulls stuff because everybody did, you know, with Michael Jordan, but I I don't care about those. It's just baseball and football for me. Uh, Yeah. So I'm not a fake sports fan. I only watch professional wrestling. Uh, But when I did uh, watch those things, I was a Yankees fan growing up, Um, you know, like early mid eighties when they kind of stunk, you know, and I got out of baseball right when the strike happened in 94. And after they came back from the strike, they were really good. Uh, my football team growing up was the Raiders. Cause as a kid, I just thought they looked cool, you know? Yeah. Um, basketball, I was Sixers. Cause I, you know, we, we were close in Philly and I had actually gone as a kid to a bunch of, uh, Sixers games and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I was never a hockey person. And, uh, like I said before, when the baseball strike happened in 94, I kind of got out of all of those sports and just, uh, stuck with wrestling. Yeah. And thanks for the call, Artie. Uh, Make sure your couch is made up for me. I'm going to need it for Absolution Weekend. (laughs) All right, next call. Hello, Adam, Joe, and, of course, Ed from PVD. Uh, This is Claudio Sharpshooter, a.k.a. Demon Wave, a.k.a. Leftist Wrestling Fan, at FirePro-M2K. And I just wanted to comment on the beautiful and textbooks (laughs) executed sharpshooter that Claudio performed uh, against Jake Hager at Fighter Fest night one and i request both adam and joe to give ed the business uh over this so-called bit about nobody in aew having a quality sharpshooter um considering he's using claudio on the top of a steel cage after a 60 minute match in where he started after a giant swing wherein he took a half second delay to apply the sharpshooter to uh matt menard uh, so I just wanted you guys to hopefully back me up on this and acknowledge that Claudio does, in fact, have an excellent sharpshooter and that of all of Ed's bits, this one is quite possibly the worst. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. Thank you very much. Love the show and look forward to hearing the responses. Um, uh, obviously, everything uh, Claudio does is done very well. And uh, I would argue that I've heard much worse Ed bits than this. <laughs> yeah, this is not even like this doesn't crack the top 20. No, not Ed at all. <laughs> uh, this is just Ed being contrarian to be contrarian. I think Ed has PTSD that whenever he sees someone do the sharpshooter, he immediately thinks of Bret Hart. And that gives <laughs> him like some sort of anguish or something. And yeah. to echo Adam's sentiments again, I don't think I've ever seen Claudio do anything bad ever. Um maybe the perfect specimen when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, just an unbelievable, unre- like a, just an unbelievable, remarkable specimen, everything that he does and a nice guy to boot. Yeah. Hell yeah. So thanks for your call. Um, multi Twitter username. And I'm not going <laughs> to, I've, I've known this person for 20 plus years and I'm not going to say your shoot name on there. Cause you would have said it if you wanted it said, but thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Uh, next call. Hey guys, it's DeWiki. Um, I know that this week Ed and I had a little dust up. I made him a little salty and I just want to make sure 
that we're okay. Uh, I, you know, I don't want there to be any lingering hard feelings. Ed, I hope you're well. I hope everybody's well. I hope you're having a great show. Talk to you later. Bye. See, Thank you. Like, I, I missed what uh, they had a dust up over it. And I couldn't, I think Ed attempted to explain it on the show, but I couldn't follow what he was saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard the wiki in there, and then there was something about twice, and then he was talking about heat up, and it got very confusing. Uh, but <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah, I think this was when Ed was talking about like the once people and the twice people. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think uh, you yeah. know. I think the real way to punish Ed is just to stop paying for the Patreon. That's the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, this is just full disclosure here. There's about an hour of this podcast that nobody's going to hear. It's never <laughs> going to see the light of day. Never. If you if you give me $300, I will, uh, I will release that stuff uh, uh, that has all been cut out of the podcast. <laughs> and just so you know, that $300 will not be going to me. No, not nor I. I'm willing okay. to, to lay down on that. Uh, two calls left, Adam. Okay, two different people, though, right? Sure. Let's play the first one from uh, Kevin Hellions. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hello, guys. And hello, Ed, if you're still around for uh, the voicemail segment of the show. Nope. Kevin here. <laughs> um, so I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about, and then I got the text today sharing the news that WWE is going to go ahead and be TV 14 again. And there's certain group of people just celebrating about it. Oh, Attitude Era is here again. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason that WWE programming has sucked is because they can't say suck on TV. Yes, that, that's why. Not that uh, they haven't given us good storylines, not that they're pushing the wrong people, not that most of the episodes feel phoned in, not that you can go a half hour at a time without an actual wrestling match. Now, the, have you been to a Raw or SmackDown lately? The freaking downtime is awful. Here's someone's ring entrance, and then we got commercial, and then we got a thing in the back, and then we got to play a highlight video. And then, oh, look, they're still in the ring waiting, and, and then their opponent comes out. Like, there's just no excitement to things for this. Um, and the answer is not uh, being able to say ass and damn and hell and, you know, I... I May as well just quote that whole uh, DX uh, address. Uh, it's not showing more TNA and and songs hanging out and stuff. Um, it's definitely not to bring in like guns and blood and extra violence and all. It's give me something to care about, and it feels like the uh, the people enjoy over this of. Oh, they can they can do more stuff. It feels very high school, uh, if that. Maybe even junior high. Maybe even, let's see, my kid's eight, about to be nine. It's like when he giggles for getting away with saying a bad word. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I said something was bad ass the other day, which means he got away with saying ass, and he thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And that's kind of the WWE mindset, it feels like. Um, but really... If you create great characters and reasons to care about them and good matches, 
it could be G-rated or R-rated. It doesn't matter. You need to give people a reason to care. And they're not at all. Um, I think that the most uh, passionate I have felt about WWE lately is, you know, not allegation, really, because it's kind of true, but finding out more and more about um, how awful of a person Vince McMahon is. And I want to credit Pod Van Dam for pointing out if he So he gets cut off because he ran out the three-minute limit on the voicemail. Uh, Jesus Christ, Kevin. <laughs> so he calls back. Me again. Something happened. Couldn't be me rambling. But anyway, um, Pod Van Dam made an excellent point about if Vince just wanted to get laid, he could have easily. If he wanted to pay money for some beautiful woman to sleep with him, he could have easily. It's the power of it. And so many of these other things, these terrible writing decisions as well, and tearing up Raw or SmackDown like hours before they're going to go live is just a power play by him. And it's just out of control ego. And uh, honestly, as long as he is writing stuff, I just think it's going to suck because it's all about uh, catering to an overgrown man-child here. And that's it. Um, so I know that I got thinking uh, as these allegations come out and all, there's no way that other people didn't know. Let's say, oh, I don't know, like The Undertaker with his close relationship with Vince McMahon. There's no way he didn't know these things. There's no way Vince didn't brag about them. And you just continue to work with someone that has that sort of uh, power dynamic with his employees. Um, and I'm sure there's other people that realize it. So, like, as <sighs> How long is the list of people that are shitty for supporting him over the years as well? Now, all right. Sorry, I got ranting. I got out of control this week. I'll probably rant about it more on my own show. But thank you guys. Looking forward to this episode. Looking forward to hearing Ed and you guys bounce back and forth. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, Kevin, we had this talk already. I thought we were on the same page. I mean, you made a lot of valid points. I like your calls. You got to keep it within one, man. You got to keep it in one. Oh, I don't want, I'm going to turn into Jonah here. Uh, I was going to say, just as this week on Pod Van Dam, Jonas lifted the ban and is allowing people <laughs> to call back in again, which I uh, do not agree with. And uh, I think his account was hacked and he as a human was hacked when he said it on the show. Yeah. Um, and Kevin, I love you. But four and a half minutes, and this is someone who called in 14 times on the, po on the podcast last week, but I don't think any one of my calls were longer than a minute. Um, if, I don't know, I don't want to be a, a jerk off about this, but uh, if I, if like you call in twice and I see like one of them is like three minutes long and the other one's like two minutes long, I'm going to message you and say, call in again because I'm not playing them. <laughs> I'll, I Listen, if I have to be a dick, I'm going to be a dick. I hate to do it. Um, maybe it's just, it's late and I'm, uh, punchy. <laughs> I'm not sure. It could be anything. Yeah. You're getting uh, us all at, at a trying time right now. <laughs> that's right. We're all under great duress, but thank you everyone who called in regardless, you know? Yeah. All right. So last but not least, it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot, but I'm 
the $100 van ski. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right. All right, Adam, Joe, I know you had a ton of purchases. I, I had I none. Do. Yep, I, I have, I, Joe, this is going to come as a surprise, but I had like a really big week and we, however, I'm going to bump all of them off of the show, considering we're an hour five of this podcast. <laughs> and I am just going to tell you just real quick, a real quick recap of the my New Jersey Comic Con trip with Todd Roker. Oh yes, yes. I we got to hear Todd's side of it on After Dark this week. Yes. Yeah, I'll just tell you. Um, Todd's recap of it is pretty much spot on. Go and listen to After Dark, as Joe just said. Um, I looked around for things to buy. Obviously, I went in first with the the perspective of like looking for toys and there really wasn't much of anything uh, that I was interested in. It was another scenario where it's like, Hey, here's Funkos, here's Marvel legends, here's star Wars, black series figures and whatever. Um, and then I did kind of start looking for comics, but I'm not a back issue guy. I'm more of like a wall book kind of guy. And there was really nothing that, that popped me. Uh, so I ended up not spending a single dime on the entire trip. Um, we did a couple doll safaris on the way back home. And uh, yeah, like other than gas and like food, I didn't spend a nickel on the entire trip. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, again, the highlight of the trip uh, was the cosplay. Let's just say there was somebody who's uh, uh, like a, a Sue Storm cosplay. Big fan, big fan. But the, the, fa <laughs> the face of the convention, I heard. She was definitely the face of the convention. Uh, yeah, I guess they ran out of costumes her size and had to go a couple smaller. But anyways, mm. <laughs> um, and I will say I tweeted out a, a map of this earlier today, uh, two days ago out of sheer boredom. Uh, I made a trip to the King of Prussia Mall in what was quite possibly the longest doll safari in recorded history. Uh, I, no exaggeration, I stopped at 10 unique Walmarts and 6 unique Targets. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I found exactly one thing to buy, and I tweeted about that. It was that Shawn Michaels Ruthless Aggression figure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I again, when you had tweeted that out, I, for some reason, thought that was an older set. I forgot about that newer set. And then I think, uh, what was it? Kenny tweeted that he got the Batista from that set. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, there was a big Dave and Orton and a Lesnar and an HBK are in the first series. Yeah. And that, that place only had the, uh, HBK. Yeah. They had two HBKs. Uh, the peg will, warmer of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, you know, I had time this week cause, um, April and Ace are gone to camp. Uh, so on Monday, maybe I went to Safari and around here and there was nothing. Uh, yeah. Walmart by me was a ghost town wrestling figure wise. And the only wrestling figure that the target had was the basic suit triple H. <laughs> so how many did you pick up? Zero. Yeah. All right, yeah, I found that, that that was pretty much every single Walmart and Target I went to. Just picked clean, empty, old stuff, whatever. But uh, it was something to do. I caught up on podcasts. There you go. So, hey, the, so it's not so much as a purchase. I was wait, I was hoping, uh, you know, I had to wait till the paycheck cleared and everything else like that. Just make sure that I was good to go for the week. Uh, but I am pre-ordering uh, the Dom Guarini, Kevin Koo, uh, Big Cheese, Violence is Forever shirt. I still have the screen share up. I don't know if you saw that. 
Okay, yeah, I did see that. I didn't know that that was uh, going to be a real thing. Yeah, yeah, Dom said if the initial tweet got 100 uh, retweets or whatever it was, uh, they would do it, and they're doing a pre-order <laughs> on it. And, like, the bigger sizes have been kind of co- going up and down a little bit, but Dom yeah. finally fixed it, so the bigger size are up there the whole time for the pre-order. So uh, probably when we're done recording here. So I'm going to count that as my weekly purchase. All right, nice. I do have one purchase I want to talk about. Um I, I, like I said, I'm going to bump everything to either weekly purchases or a future show. But uh, I did pick up a steal of a item in the major Facebook group. And it was just a guy who was like, oh, here's a bunch of wrestling figures that I'm going to sell. And then uh, he also said, all Funkos listed, 18 bucks shipped. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a look at it. And, you know, none of the wrestling figures pop me. And I'm looking through the Funkos, and it's like, okay, common pop, common pop, common pop, nothing nothing I care about. And I get to the very end of the list, and Joe, my heart drops. I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, all right, I had to have misread this guy's listing because this pop can't be $18. This, they had to have said, okay, this pop's $150, but all the rest of them are $18. But no, Joe, he was wrong. Uh, like, he lumped in a super, super expensive Funko Pop that I currently already own, but I'll buy a second one if it's only $18. And it's the Yelena from the Black Widow series. Oh, okay, because I remember you saying a while back that the because of the delay of the movie, the merchandise was out like a year before the movie even came out. Yeah, it was out a year and it was collecting dust. and Yeah, they- and nobody got it, and now everybody wants it. Exactly. So that Yelena pop, um, it peaked at around 150 bucks, and and that was probably right around the time of Hawkeye, the TV show. You know, she was in that. Yeah, yeah. It's leveled out to maybe like consistent eBay sales between 100 to 120 bucks. So did this guy screw up? Did this guy not know what he had? Oh, 100 percent. He doesn't know what he has. Okay. He's just like, here's all the Funkos I have. You know, and it was just mostly, they were all kind of Marvel stuff, you know, but it was all commons with the exception of this one. And he just didn't know what he had. And I felt kind of bad, but you know, he, you set the price, you know, so I bought it. Uh, and like I said, now I have two of them. Okay. Um, and then I guess we have to discuss cause next weekend is, do you want to save San Diego talk for next week? Uh, you know, we can go into more depth on it, but I think the thing that we both uh, really are interested in, we can talk about right now. Yeah, and that's the No Holds Barred 2-pack. Yeah. Oh, so when I first saw it, and it was just the four pictures, and it was Zeus and Rip in a VHS tape, and I'm like, eh, I don't love that. But the fact that it has, like, the VHS slipcase cover to go over the VHS tape... Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, and I like, I was literally I'm like, ah, that's the one thing that they're missing. And then like more pictures came out. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so what do those things usually go for? Like 80 bucks, a hundred bucks? Uh, I want to say, I mean, it's a two pack. I, I feel like they said it already. I think it's like 80 bucks for yeah. the pair or, or maybe, you know what? Maybe 70. I honestly don't know. I I feel like 70 is sticking in my head. It's jumping out at me right now. Because I know the pre-order, like I saw the pre-order link, but I didn't click on it because the pre-order isn't until a week after San Diego. 
No, pre-orders go live the 22nd, so uh, a week from when we're talking right now, with it being Friday, yeah. at noon. So uh, July 22nd at noon. Okay. And uh, San Diego actually starts the 21st, the day before, like early right. access. So what are your thoughts? What are your feelings on this? Is this uh, a must-buy for you, of course? Or? Well, I can tell you this. So I, I have been buying all of the San Diego exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um like when I first got into really back into collecting wrestling figures, that was when the uh, the Mr. T was out. So I had gotten that. And then I got what came after that, the Sergeant Slaughter, you know, the ultimate, which had the two versions. So I have both of those. Right. I, went, I went back and I got uh, the Shockmaster. I got the Slim Jim Macho. So I've been slowly filling those in. So regardless of what this figure was, as long as it wasn't like a Nia Jax or something like that, I was going to buy it, you know, unless it was just a complete mess with. Um, so the fact that it's something that is freaking awesome just makes it all the more better. Like I would have bought it if it was just a random, you know, here's a Seth Rollins. I'm like, all right, whatever. Here's my money. You know, like, but, th- but this I need, you know. Okay. So this is, it is awesome, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My only thing that I'm, like, hemming and hawing on is I'm just going to put it on my shelf. Sure. Um, that's what you do with every figure you have. You're not playing with any of them. That's true. But And then we talked last week about the guy that does the custom defenders, which means I would need to get a custom defender for it to put it up on the wall. That is, I mean, that's the way you are as well, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of good reasons not to get it. <laughs> there, oh, there isn't any. Okay. <laughs> now, obviously, it's noon on Friday next week, and I've never done one of the pre-orders for this, so this is one of those things where, like, there's a chance I could try at noon, and just due to um, high traffic, it could be 12.02, and I don't get one. 100%. Yeah, it is all being done through... Uh... Like Mattel Creation, same place where like we back the the arena, you know that website. Right. So, have you had luck getting them on the pre order, or do you just usually wait for the secondary market on these? So the I know you mentioned them before, like the ones that kind of came past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like before you were like a toy boy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the ones I had to go back and get, I got those on eBay or in the major group. The first one that I bought live was the. Uh, the Mr. T, but that was actually sold through Entertainment Earth, and I had no problem getting it. I got, like, the Preternia update, uh, like, the tweet, and then I was like, oh, I'll go check this out. I went on Entertainment Earth's website, and I was like, oh, there it is, and added it to the cart, checked out, went back to sleep. You know, I didn't really think anything of it, uh, and I found out it, like, sold out, like, an hour later. Okay. Um, the Mr. T, I'm sorry, the Sergeant Slaughters, though, I did not make any attempt to buy those, um, and I know our friends Brett and DJ both did, and from what I heard from them is that they got in there, but they sold out, like, immediately right after, like, within the first five minutes or so, mm-hmm. um, and then I ended up getting one of them. I, I bought Brett's off of him, and then I bought the Chase on eBay, you know, so I've never gone through the Mattel Creations website to try to get something like this. So, uh, obviously, I I guess I'm going to try. I'm going to be sitting here. You know, I work from home. I'm going to definitely try. Should I 
try for two? Should I try for however many they'll let me get? I'm I'm on. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. Like, I definitely want one. But then right. I'm like, because because that's the thing. I feel everyone that I know want, would want one. Like, I assume you would want one. Yeah. Brett would want one. DJ would want one. I'm almost certain that Timber Marcus would want one. You know? Yeah. I feel like if you order two. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you're reaching out. You're like, oh, hey, Brett got locked out because he couldn't get in in time and he yeah. wants one. You're you're breaking even. If everybody, you know, gets one, then like maybe you make a couple bucks on it, you know, yeah. I, or whatever. Right. I don't know. Okay. I might buy two. I'm probably going to order two. Right. So I'm just I'm just because like, this is my first time doing this. I'm leaning toward getting it. I'm 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 looking for reasons not to get it. Um, but yeah, we're going to give it a try. We're going to give it the pre-order try next Friday. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, when I say, oh, I'm going to, I might get two. That's if I can get any, you know, right. and I, I am finding here, uh, I just got confirmation. The cost is $70. Okay. With a limit of two per customer. Okay. So that matches up. That's not bad for two ultimates, you know? Nope. Nope. But we'll, uh, strategize more on it next week when, during yeah. weekly purchases. For sure. So, uh, what a show, huh? Yeah, this has been uh, an experience. Uh, I'm going to redo the ending here again, because I don't know how everything else is going to get edited. Uh-huh. So, for <laughs> Adam, this is Joe uh, saying, and for Ed, thanks for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. <laughs>